Hey guys, welcome to Bagden Boardcast, episode number 350. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out August 30th. 2017. <laughs> yes, got to get that 17 in. Then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week it's time to take a look back at some of the comic books that we bought in the month of August. 2017. We're, we're calling. We're calling our August look back. 2017. 17. <laughs> and we're going to be taking a look at Superman number 29, New Gods Special number one, Mister Miracle number one, Batman and Harley Quinn number one. And Star Wars Rogue One Cassian and K2SO Annual. Mm. 2017. <laughs> it's uh, an annual book, so it does have the 2017 in the title. As it, as it should. Uh, and as we always start the show, we are having some beers. And Chris, I'm a little bit jealous. Let's talk about what you're having. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm excited. Uh, this is something that I've been waiting for. For two years now, uh, I can finally actually get clown shoes in Florida. There's like a bunch of different stuff on the shelves. They have bomber bottles. They have cans. Um, so I'm pretty excited about this. I actually picked up one from them that I haven't had before because a lot of stuff that's available is kind of just like the standard go-to. Um, but this is La Pingua en Fuego Imperial Stout, an ale aged in rum barrels with habaneros. So this is actually their chocolate sombrero, which we had before on the show. Uh, which is like the chocolate chili stout. Uh, but then they they put in some rum barrels to sit around for a while. And, uh, yeah, this is definitely a gut warmer. It, it's the right amount of heat, though. It's not, like, overpowering when you take a sip, which I think is what we kind of said about the chocolate sombrero when we had it, is it's a good balance of the heat and, like, that chocolate malt. Um, this one, I don't know if it's the habaneros or the rum barrel that's been sitting in or just kind of the perfect melding of everything, but it, you can feel it sitting in your belly. Like I'm nice and warm right now. I actually had to turn down my AC because I haven't taken a sip in a while, but I, I still just feel it. it's great warming sensation. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy this beer. I picked up the bomber for 13 bucks. Um, yeah, don't, don't regret spending that money at all. Hmm. Nice. Uh, I've, I've, I've enjoyed, I think, almost every barrel-aged clown shoes that we've had, except for the that Irish one that was... Oh, the Druid. Was, the Arc, Arc Druid? Yeah, that was off. And um, they said, hey, you send us your label or your receipt, and we'll refund your money. Um, and even that, it was soured, but it still we still drank it. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't pour yeah. it out; it still was good. It was a nice sour, but it wasn't an it wasn't, imperial Irish red. Yeah, it wasn't that we bought aged in in, in whiskey barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, they they had bottles of the Blakehorn Unidragon. Ooh, so yeah. I was gonna I was gonna pick one of those up, but then I wound up just buying some other random beer for maybe next episode, maybe just for drinking after I get home from work. I haven't decided yet. I think I um, have. I think I have a unicorn in the cellar. I have no. Uh, it's not in my fridge. That's, it might be in the cellar somewhere. I think that's got to be like a couple years old then, because I, last time I actually had the Blakehorn Unidragon was when I lived in Michigan. So you're sitting on a bottle that, if you bought it like after that, it's probably at least like two years old. That'd be great. I still have a 
in in my fridge right now I have your Bourbon County still. And cuz we have I have 15 and a 16. And but uh that's about it for your stuff in my fridge. I'm not sure what's in the cellar. I haven't I don't walk over there anymore now that right. I got the fridge right there. And yeah. I've been drinking all this fresh IPAs. Oh. All these fresh IPAs, just like a local brewery just released from their... Uh, is this their private stash? No. Uh, they re- re- replaced private stash with small batch. The small batch. And this is Flying Bison Brewery uh, right there on Seneca Street. No, on... Yeah. So no, it's over by Larkin now. Is uh, that Seneca? A lot. Isn't it not Seneca? I don't know. Did they, did they finally open that other place? It's, yes. It's uh, yeah near Larkin Square in the city yeah. of Buffalo, uh, near the iconic Buffalo Central Terminal. This is their Juice Caboose Indian Pale Ale. Uh, it's just not, it's not a double IPA. This is just an IPA. It's a New England style, which we've been enjoying mm-hmm. from Single Cut and some of those other Yeah, and breweries. this is 7.5 alcohol by volume. And uh, don't ask me about the IBUs, because you son of a bitch, you know how I feel about that. Don't tell them it doesn't matter. It's 45. It's bullshit. Uh, I never thought to look at the... Uh La Pingua and Fuego, and that was 11%. So, mm. yeah, I'm probably going to drink the two today. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you have – I already opened that, that bottle. I can't I can't not drink it tonight. Oh, yeah. you yeah. got to finish it. got to pour John back I, into the bottle. We were both – we were – you know, most times when we open up a uh, small bottle, a 12-ounce bottle, John and I will split one. But we've been hearing such great things that we both took our own bottle. And also, we've been loving the New England-style IPAs. Yeah. This is decent. It is. It's – it's not single cut. No. But it, I would put it above some of those single cuts that I haven't really enjoyed. But it's definitely bottom of the barrel. Yeah. It's the Wonder Woman of origin movies, Chris. <laughs> I'm saying that because that's what that's how Chris would describe it. Um, yeah, it's, it's. I heard a lot of... There's a lot of big buzz about this mm-hmm. beer. Um, locally, all the people who are... Remember Deep Cut. But, it, you know, they're talking highly about it. It is a good beer mm-hmm. um, for the fact that they're delivering a New England style, hazy, kind of juicy. I wish it was more juicy, yeah. especially for the name Juice Caboose. It's more resiny than juicy. Uh, it's still good. Um, I like it. I would... Is there a date that I'm missing on this? This is because I bought it at Consumer, it, so it could be super old. No, it's not. It just came out. Okay. You you got it um, pretty much as fresh as can be. I think it came out on it came out on two, uh, this week Monday, I believe. Because I bought the last six pack at the store I was at, and I'm like, yep, right, ten bucks for a six pack. So yep. the price point for this pretty amazing. Because nine forty nine at my store. Well, I don't have gift cards to your store, so uh, you can never come by and buy any beer anymore either. Well, because I don't work up there anymore. Single tear running down my face. Uh, uh, I think for for ten bucks, it's it's worth the price. You're gonna enjoy it. It's not a bad beer considering we've paid five ninety nine for a single can mm-hmm. of uh, Jenny said or Jenny. anything else from the single cut. Yeah, Jenny said still better. <laughs> it is, but this is de- this is a it's not juicy. It's not quite. It has a little bit there. It there is a tinge of it, but it's more resiny. I think it. Delivers on that New England style a little bit, but doesn't fully live up to the Juice Caboose promise. It, yes. Uh, but you know what? It's exactly – hearing all the hype, I, it didn't psych me up, and I, this is exactly what I expect from Flying Bison. Yeah. 
Like, I'm like, okay, yeah. If, like, Big Ditch or... Well, Big Ditch tried. Remember with their deep cut? That's not a New England. Oh. Uh, the packet that we never oh. had, that's their New England one, and that also got rave reviews. And they just released Flip yeah, at which the is their brewery, number which two. is an, another yeah. version that, again, like, I'm, I'm not going out mm. and getting it. So... We probably won't have it. Well, yeah, because it is one of those ones that you have to stand in line that day to get it. And I don't even hear about it until people are in line saying, oh, they brought it home already. And I'm like, oh, it's already sold out. I knew about it. Oh, well, you could have told me about it. Maybe I would have stood in line. Maybe if you went and bought more beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you showed up at my store, I'd tell you about it. (laughs) I'm Uh, working now. I have to work. Can't live that laissez-faire banker hours anymore. I gotta work for a living. Gotta work for a living. Uh, it's it's pretty crushable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took. I mean, for our conversation we had before with Chris, we drank it yeah. and enjoyed it. Um, so no, I, it's not bad. I think mm-hmm. it's definitely worth the price of ten bucks a six pack, and you're yeah. getting a six pack of it. Don't just don't think of about it, juicy. Just yeah. expect a hazy, resiny. Decent IPA. It's yeah. not a double. It's it's really, it's a really good IPA. Yeah, from from Flying Bison. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't need to put. I think from anybody, this would be a really decent yeah. IPA. But it's. I mean, for Flying Bison, it gets. I think it's it gets what, a couple extra points. This is in Florida. We're getting arrested. We're getting arrested yeah. for saying so, that. The, the, the run-on police are coming. You guys better wrap it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so let's get into uh, what the Week in Geek. Week in Geek. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Week in Geek. Uh, we talked about several what things. A week, what a week it was. We talked about several things. This introduction is longer than our not episode, by the way. <laughs> we we talked about several things pre-episode, and we're not going to talk about any of them. But the thing I want to uh, mention is uh, Toby Hooper passing away. Uh, horror film director. Oh, not that Mr. Hooper from Sesame Street. No. He passed away a while ago. I was confused. And so not, like, why are we talking not about hanging that with Mr. Cooper. No, Co- that's Cooper. Yeah. Come on. I wouldn't make that mistake. Who knows? You're <laughs> Paul. Uh, <laughs> uh, was, he, is it the giant grasshopper from A Bug's Life? Hopper. No. Hooper. Oh. Hooper. Uh, <laughs> the inventor of the hula hoop. You know, for kids. <laughs> uh, nobody, no, gets this? That. nobody gets that reference. Cause nope. Ah, ah. Oh, okay, move along. <laughs> uh, I live right down the road from the fire department, which is a fact I didn't know, besides the fact that I drove past it the other day. I was like, oh, that explains why there's so many fire engines all the time. But you you, you save substantially more on your renter's insurance because of that fact. So, you know. Uh, renter's insurance isn't that much, actually. Right, because you live so close to a fire department. Super cheap. Yeah. But yes, um... So I I didn't know who this was until John actually started uh, kind of listing his body of work before. And it's actually a lot of stuff that I've seen, and it's surprising because I didn't recognize the name. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those people that if you are a big horror movie fan, uh, I had a side podcast about horror movies um, for a little bit. Um, it's the one of those podcasts is still going on. You're just not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody went crazy, and it wasn't me. Uh what are you saying? I'm crazy? No. <laughs> Keep going. I, I don't talk to him anymore. Uh, but it's one of those people that when you know, seeing that they passed away and they pass away at like uh, um, they're in their 70s. Um, 
it, it, it's kind of like, oh, man, I hate to see that happen, especially there's another quote-unquote Leatherface movie coming out. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, he's he's done a lot of things. Um, Texas the same Chainsaw Massacre, you said. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Salem's Lot, one of the scariest movies Chris had ever seen as a kid. Uh, to go back to that, too, it was one of those things that it scared me so much when I was a kid. I was afraid to watch it as an adult because I just had <laughs> terrible memories of it. Uh, and then um, Poltergeist, the original Poltergeist, um, uh, Invaders from Mars, which is one of those movies, a little kid that scared the crap out of me. Um, so much so that like I didn't want to be alone in the dark because of it, mm. and it's this weird like skinless man touching toes and turning kids into little orbs. It was scary. <laughs> little orbs, little like phantasm? phantasm, kind of. Yeah, they're like glowing orbs, and then they flew out to a spaceship and were collected. Creepy. It was, yeah, it's creepy. But not like mice, which was one of the scariest movies I saw as a kid. Rondal's The Witches. <laughs> that one creeped me out as a kid. I I like I was already I had already been scared to my wit's end so that was nothing when I got to it. Uh but no, I mean he's he's done a lot of great things. Texas Chainsaw Massacre probably one of my favorite movies by him. Mm. Um and I'd probably put that in my top 20 favorite horror movies. Mm. Um cuz it definitely wouldn't be in my f- top 10, but uh yeah. Sad to see him go, especially with uh, you know George Romero just passing away a few weeks ago as well. Hmm. This is my news. I know you guys. Paul doesn't no, care. He's, I, well, he's never seen any of those movies. Like I've never seen any of them. We'll never see any of them because we don't do movie reviews anymore. Uh, Chris, what were you saying? The, uh, the only thing that I really kind of brought up, I think, was the possibility of the Jetsons TV show on ABC. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, hey, being brought back by Disney, the yeah. ABC. The news is it's getting a pilot, and that was kind of where it left off. Hey, Lock and Key got a pilot. Yeah, they got a second pilot too. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I it's nothing that oh, makes. Okay, ra- random fact because mm-hmm. the Listening? Jetsons only was around for twenty four episodes. I can believe that. Uh, but it's season. such like a like Hanna Barbera institution. You think it's actually been more than that, but no, it was only twenty four episodes in like its original release. And then in the nineties, they did like I think it was like twelve more. And then they did the like the Jetsons movie, and then mm-hmm. the the crossover with the Flintstones too, right? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. was that the movie? No, no, the movie was. Uh, that's where they find Orb, the uh, furball character that has suction cups for feet. Orby, Orby. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. yeah, it's it's all very forgettable, but I I don't mind the idea of the Jetsons coming back. Uh, this will be live action uh, ABC sitcom. I don't mind ABC sitcoms. Um, Modern Family is pretty okay. I've only seen a few episodes of it. I really enjoy the Goldbergs. I don't know if anyone else has ever watched any of that. I've watched a couple episodes here or there. Uh, it's a very like 80s reverential series and i i can appreciate just everything it is because it's about a kid growing up in the 80s and just like his weird family um but like the stories i was like oh like i'm trying to go sneak in to see like this movie because my, my mom won't let me see it like it's it's fun like 
I, I definitely recommend it. Um, Jetsons? I don't know. Like everyone kind of knows and likes the Jetsons. I, I feel like I excited more with Flintstones on uh, the side of things, but yeah. But also, they gotta fill that Muppets gap. The other, the other thing I was going to mention too, Chris, is I saw that um, the Munsters is getting a new pilot too. Uh, is this picking up off nope. the Brian Fuller? Oh, nope. It'd be totally well, different. I, I don't mind seeing something else, like a different take on it. I really enjoyed the thirteen uh, thirteen Mockingbird Lane. Like I thought that was really well done. We were doing the show back when that was on. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't too long ago. No, I think it was still like eight years ago. Though, like it wasn't recent. <laughs> No, that was, like, I think... Everybody's grabbing the phone right now, looking that up. Yeah, everyone... Okay, because it came out when I was working at GameStop. And I haven't worked there since, like, 2011. I I think it came out when you were in... um, I like that it brings up a map for me. Uh, 1936... Oh, active until. Uh, The Wikipedia. Nope. Is it American Rock... Garage Band. Okay. No, Paul, you're terrible at Google. I am. I should have just typed IMDb. Yeah, just IMDb Brian Fuller. And then, then it would have brought it up in 2012, so four years ago or five years ago. Oh, we're old. And it was just Mockingbird. Was it was just Mockingbird Lane. It was in 1313. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But yeah. Besides the point, all just side conversation. Um, I because this is the first time I'm actually hearing about that. Have they said like where it's going to be done or who's doing it? Nope. It was just. Uh, do you remember Mockingbird Lane? Well, they're rebooting the monsters again. Is kind of this. That's all I saw. Oh, so it's an Obi Wan story. Yeah, it's it's the it's going to get a pilot just like uh, Jetsons, and that's what like jogged my memory of reading the article about it. So yeah, like nobody's yeah, cast. I, I would check it out. I love the monsters. Yeah, I mean, like the Adams family too. But I don't know something. I just always appreciated the monsters more. Mm-hmm. Just Herman, he's so likable. He is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, I had no news because I was going to talk about Gen Con fifty, but there's like oh, we, Gamescom just happened too. I don't know if you saw. Oh, over in Germany. Yeah, I yeah. didn't see anything uh, from that either. You know, board games, they're coming out. They're going to keep on coming oh, out. Oh, Paul. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't talk to you. I guess this is a Chris story for Paul, but you must have seen this. Um, Star Wars, the new miniatures game they have coming out, Legion? Yeah. Coming out for Fantasy Flight. I think it's cool. Yeah, basically, uh, basically it's Warhammer with uh, Star Wars pieces. Uh, Yeah, but Fantasy Flight used to have the board game license from... Warhammer, uh, and they lost it this past year. So they've been, uh, Fantasy Flight has been going going into the miniatures uh, market because of that, uh, with Rune Wars, uh, and I think they have one other property that they're doing miniatures of now. But yeah, the Star but Wars. They, they have the exclusive rights for Star Wars, though. Like, yeah. This, because when I well, saw this, I was like, oh, this is like a cool thing. Like, I'm sure Paul would pick it up. And then I was like, oh, if he doesn't, like, possible, like, birthday thing. Ninety dollars for like the initial box set because it's miniatures, and that's it's why miniatures. it comes with everything you need for like two armies, unpainted. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just started. Well, I have uh, Imperial Assault, and that's a you know it also comes with miniatures, but it's a board, it's more of a board game. It's a tech, 
but you can play tactical skirmish battles on a map. Whereas Legion, you know, it's more of a miniatures game where you actually have to get a ruler out and measure, you know, move distance and all that kind of stuff. Whereas uh, Imperial Assault is uh, basically you're doing missions. It's not all about just... We love. Yep. Uh, so I was more excited about an Imperial Assault, and I own a bunch of those pieces, and I started painting those up. So I'm kind of, like, skeptical about starting Legion because I don't think I could ever get into a full miniatures game. Like, the closest I ever got was Hero Clicks. You know? And, and that's because uh, we forced you. <coughs> yeah, you, pretty much. You got in hard on your own because you, mm-hmm. you appreciated it. But also, I, I don't like having to paint miniatures. I just don't have the patience. It's kind of relaxing. You know, if you just, like, sit down and just put a television show on, like I was watching Rebels while doing it, it's kind of just like one of those things you do at night when you can't fall asleep, so you might as well just stay up, drink a beer or two, and paint some miniatures. I'm definitely are you, not... Are you throwing it to the next beer? Is I'm, that, is that I, what's happening? I'm not saying? good at uh, painting miniatures. I'm just saying that that's what, how I did it. And I still have not finished up any of the... Like, I finished up Stormtroopers, and that's it. There's so much stuff for me to keep on uh, keep on painting. The board game that I'm probably most anticipating from Gen Con, though, that was announced was uh, a, re- a reimagining of Fireball Island, though. You know, the old 80s... Is that the one with the volcano? Yeah, where the ball would roll down and knock over your piece. <laughs> a Restoration's yeah. Games. Uh, Restoration Games is... Uh, being done by the guy that did Pandemic Legacy, Rob Davio. Uh, it's his company, and he's going back to all those like class, those like '80s and '90s games that are pretty much horrible. But uh, and redoing that. I don't know what I'm, you're talking about. I love Crossfire. Uh, yeah, basically like those games. Crossfire, you'll get caught up in the. Uh, so he's <laughs> going to be doing in the, cro- in the Crossfire. In the Crossfire. But you're going to be ca- caught up in the Fireball Island, where he's going to bring modern day like mechanics or mechanisms into uh, into that game to to make it worth your while, not just a box full of plastic that you put together for longer to, than it takes to, for you to play. Fireball Island. But yes, Chris, that does get us into our next beer. <laughs> Uh, and we are drinking a uh, rotating IPA. Paul, you can't go to the bathroom. You're, you're, we're discussing this beer. Come on, discuss this then beer. Then pause it. No, it's all right. Okay, just take your time describing the beer and yeah. what it is. Uh, so we are doing a rotating IPA, uh, a hops in an IPA that um, we've been talking about um it's been happening with lots of breweries. Firestone was doing it. Uh, local brewery Woodcox was doing it. We've talked about okay, all the where XPAs. They take take a uh, recipe and they just throw in a different a different hop. hop and they change the recipe, but they're pretty much staying to the core coreness of the recipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is uh, Wavy from Stillwater. Um, we've had a couple Stillwaters on here, and oh, your can. I can, yeah. The can doesn't have it on the bottom. It doesn't have it printed. Uh, on the bottom of the can, it is printed with which hops are used in it. So batch number two, which we are drinking now, is Centennial, Simcoe, and Armarillo hops. Um, I I like all of those hops. I'm not a big fan of Armarillo hops. That's not one that gets my attention. I poured mine like an idiot. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have a dirty glass. John's drinking uh, it from Simcoe's the can. Simcoe's the more kind of like piney. 
Well, yeah. is there is there a right. difference between the can and the glass? Oh, let's see. But uh, Centennial is one of my favorites, and I was at yeah. The, Centennial is just like a nice like mm-hmm. kind of like base, I guess, Lighter. drinkable hop. Uh, so I was actually at the beer store, and I was like, oh, maybe I should pick up a fifteen pack of <laughs> uh, you know Centennial IPA. Ooh, this oh, also the, the founders one. Yes. Yeah. That's a just nice drinkable IPA. Or the Mosaic Promise 15-pack. And I'm like, well, if I buy one, i got to buy both. And if I buy both, I'm not drinking them all. So I should buy neither. That's, no, Paul. That's what happened. You would, you would drink them both. Like, they're both just nice, light, mm-hmm. drinkable beers. Like, I, I would consider those crushable. Yeah, I still have a... Well, the Centennial is 7%. Yeah. And to get it, a seven no. percent IPA in a fifteen pack for seventeen ninety nine is a pretty darn good yeah, price. It is. Uh, Mosaic Promise is five and a half percent. Same price. Same price. So if you were going to get one, I would probably say which one are you looking for? Are you looking for bang for your buck or be able to knock back a couple? Mosaic Promise is a good beer. Um, it has a little more. John, you don't need to sell me on either one of them. They're both delicious. <laughs> if I were to buy one, I would also buy the other. So I would have both. I got in sales pitch mode for talking <laughs> you to people. Did in beer store. where's this? Where's the sirens, Chris? You were supposed to call the <laughs> nope, sirens. Nope, because because I'm invested in this conversation, so they're not coming. Um, well, no, like when I when I lived right by Founders, I had a jar of the Centennial. IPA mustard in my in my refrigerator that I used for sandwiches. Mm. It, it was it was delicious. It's just like such a great beer. Um, they do like Tuesday and Thursday Firkins at the brewery, and like Centennial IPA was kind of one of their go to to put in there with whatever random um, ingredients they decided on adding on. It's it's just a nice IPA. It is. Uh, it is good and. Um... Another nice IPA is this wavy. Yeah, this wavy batch is number really two. Nice. Um, yeah, that was that was a, a bit of a segue. Uh, I think mine tastes better out of the can than yours does in your glass. <laughs> I think yours is a little lighter tasting out of the can than mine in the glass, but I'm still really enjoying this. This I keep on picking up because it's it's definitely not ghosting on me because no. I still have oh. that lingering it, herby. It's an herbally kind of danky. Yeah, not quite danky. It isn't. It, I want to go cross the line to dank. It's there. It's, it's getting there. It's getting there. It's but almost the dank. It's herbal. It's more. It's not earthy, but it's herbal. It's flower. It's not flowery either. It's just a little stronger than flowery. So that's why I'm going herbally, herby, herby. So it's not tea though. It's not tea. It's not. It's, and it's not resiny either. It, and it's got a little bit of maltiness yeah. on the back end. It's not. It's not sweet. No, but it but, is yeah. uh, a constant drinker. It's a tall boy can, and you you take that sip and you're like, mm-hmm. mm, I need yeah. some more. I need yeah, some more. that's great. It's still on more. my tongue. Let's refresh that tongue. Let's get it popping. But then again, it's not overly juicy. It's not overly resiny, but it's just a nice, constant, mellow flavor that opens up with that aftertaste. And all those aftertastes this, are this delicious. Really good, but actually. The, this isn't meant. To, this isn't a New England style IPA. Right. They're not so doing that, so they're not going after the juiciness. They're just, yeah, changing the hops to show different characters in beers. It's not overly piney. It's not overly juicy. Yeah. Like I don't know. 
out of those three hops, I don't know which one's fighting for supremacy because th- I'm I, not getting any one of those three hops yeah, I think over the top. They're just well balanced yeah. between all those hops, and it's mm-hmm. I'm getting a little centennial like throughout. Like I think centennial that's... gives you that little bit of dryness. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Simcoe I think gives you a little bit of that earth, that earthiness. I don't. I don't. It's know. not quite earth. It's herbal. It's herbal. Yeah, yeah, it gives you that. But I think it's it's, it's well balanced. It's a good drinking IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's. I'm already halfway through. It's pricey. It's a thirteen ninety nine four pack. Mm-hmm. It's um, worth it. Yeah, I, this would be something that every time I see a new batch comes out, I would totally just you know take a four pack, sneak it into a six pack, craft your own, and walk right out. Like yeah, because yeah. you know. That's not stealing. And if I was there, I'd be a little pitbull and yell at you like I do with lots of people now. Chris, are you still drinking your big bomber? Uh, I'm, Don't. I'm moved on to my my second bomber. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Well, I Paul almost spit all over his computer. <laughs> well, no, I didn't like completely finish the first one. Like, there's still probably like another okay. like half a glass of like the conscience. Okay. Uh, but I, I I was excited just to try something else and. Um, this one's definitely a big boy, uh, sitting at 16.3%. Oh, jeez, ABV. Um, no, yeah. Um, definitely, definitely a big boy coming in a bomber from the brewery. Um, this is Melange number three. And this is an ale aged in bourbon barrels, but this is an ale blend. This is their Black Tuesday their anniversary ale and their wheat wine style ale um, all blended together and then sitting in bourbon barrels and holy crap this is fantastic it's just like a nice like alcohol like raisiny sweetness to it it reminds me of uh, founder's old curmudgeon but amped up yeah I can see that all all the best possible ways I kind of wish I had more stuff from the brewery because I wish I had had all of these individual beers like separately that I've had before and then like could be like oh yes like here they are combined um but I don't buy that much from the brewery and I kind of wish I had but it's hard when all their stuff comes out as a bomber it's all I would say more of like a premium price point so it's hard to just have them be like one of those breweries you decide like pick up and like try something from um this bottle on its own was twenty six ninety nine, uh, but I I am definitely loving it. Like I will probably finish this bottle tonight because I'm digging it. Uh, until you guys open up another beer or something, and then at that point I'll go grab a can or bottle, whatever else I picked up the other day. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm drinking this out of my brewery tulip glass that I got when. I sent them an email about the autumn maple that I had that foamed over and was all real funky, and you guys had the same issue. Um, no complaints whatsoever about this one. It, this is just a great, nice, dark, deep, sweet, drinkable beer that delivers a little bit of nice alcohol burn, but it's not like the Penguin Fuego where it's possibly from the habanero where it's like a lingering burn. This is just a nice bourbon barrel warmth does this have a number in the melange does it just yes, say number three number three okay because i had this beer um and it was a black tuesday white oak sap and their anniversary l aged in bourbon so i had 
I think. So you had like maybe like the first or the second one. Yeah, I had a, a different version of this. Um, uh, I I would. I mean, I would have loved to have tried that before, but now having this one, I kind of wish there was like, you know, like a tasting party happening where I can sample a little bit of everything. Because man, this is, this is fantastic. I, yeah, I had that in 2013. Ooh, so that was a while ago. And I said, dear God, dot, 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 tears, dot, <laughs> dot, dot, so good. Uh, so, yeah, I can understand. Um, can can you understand the love I've had for the brewery for these years? Oh, like, even, it was a couple of years ago now, but when you brought, like, those first, I think, like, two or three brewery bottles to the table, like, it was, like, the White Oak... Mrs. Doubt, the Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, uh, yeah, it was like the Southfire and then something else like white chocolate rain. White, there's there's white chocolate and then there's chocolate. There's chocolate rain. Yeah, the white chocolate and chocolate rain. I remember. Yeah, we had those. We had a fresh bottle and then a year old bottle on for Chris's birthday. We did that for mm. a year a a fresh bottle and a year old bottle. Um, yeah, it's it's a brewery that I love. The brewery is a brewery that I love. It doesn't mean that I always buy stuff from them. Um, I think, like, we even had, like, Boris. We had the mash, the coffee mash. Like, we've had yeah, lots. Yeah, we did the mash. We've had, <laughs> we did do the mash. What was the, uh, what was the horchata one that we had? That was really good, too. I think this is called horchata. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. Um, uh, but no, like, they're, like, they're such a great brewery, and it, I wish I could have more from them. It's just, I, I buy beer for the podcast more than anything else, so I'm looking just to go in and get like a, a smattering of things, so I can have like a few different beers. So it's a lot to ask to like spend twenty six dollars for a bottle when I'm trying to spend money on other beers too. Yeah, and their um, and some of the, their stuff is always it's always a little more expensive. The better the beer gets, the the bigger the price for the beer um i'm trying to find there's uh one beer that i had that i was like it it floored me on how good it was and i just wanted to look up what it was i can't find it here anywho let's get over to uh oh my gosh there's a i'm really curious what it is there's a melage number 14 and i just want to see if it's a blend of 14 different beers beers to blend together? No, I don't think so. I'm skipping past it to try to find... Um, mm, anywho. Hey, let's get over to the list, guys. The books that we are looking forward to coming out August 30th, 2017. Ooh. So, Chris, what are you oh, looking oh, forward to? Oh. No, oh, it's been a while since you've talked. Well, because, you know, I, I had very little to say. I'm going to go with... Uh, Generations Hawkeye and Hawkeye number one. This is a fifth week event. This is, a, I guess, a series that Marvels is doing for $5. Uh, but it's being written by uh, Kelly Thompson, and it's starring Kate Bishop and Clint Barton, a.k.a. the other Hawkeye. Uh, and they're just going to be traveling along together in this kind of out-of-continuity story. It's a writer that I enjoy with characters that I enjoy interacting together. So... That's why I'm kind of interested in seeing it. Um, $5 is a 
bit to bite off, but on a very slow week where this might be the only book that I purchase, it makes it okay. Like, it's like, if it's not a great book, then I'm not picking up any of the other generations ever. It's just how it is. It's this, uh, yeah, weird banner that they're doing. So I think it's just a character study. Yeah, I think this whole, like, issue or banner um, is them taking characters and their spin-off characters is kind of throwing them together, like Hulk and totally awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Using using them as an example, I don't yeah. know if Hulk's back yet. But, you Hulk know, Hawkeye and, and Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, putting them together again just to, like, see how they interact and, like, their stories together and who they are and where they came from. Um, no, I'm actually looking forward to reading this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm picking it up for us. I'm not very happy that I'm picking it up for myself, but, eh, you know, give and take. It's one of those weeks. I'm excited for the books that you're looking forward to, guys. Or the <laughs> book. Weeks because John and I have the same book. And that book is going to be... Mace Windu, who I often call Mace Windu, uh, Jedi of the Republic. Oh, this is, describes how he becomes uh, Emperor Snoke? Yes. Okay, good. Because uh, everybody's been saying that. Uh, false, because everyone knows that my Snoke theory is the best word. It's actually Aunt Beru. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke? Snoke sounds like smoke. And who's the only yep. character that's ever left smoking? Aunt Beru and Uncle Ben. Boom. Confirmed. Interneted. Uh, so this takes place at the dawn of the Clone Wars um, with Mace Windu, one of the greatest Jedi warriors, leading a small unit of Jedi into battle shortly after the war begins. Uh, I'm picking this up because it's a Mace Windu story, and he's one of the coolest things that did basically nothing in the prequels. Aside from cut um, off that dude's head. He, he beheaded... Django Fett. Yep. He said this party's over. <laughs> uh, and then he threatened to arrest uh, Senator Palpatine. So, I mean, he he did a lot of cool things. John almost died when he said this party's over. I almost lost it. I, I did not expect <laughs> you to say it. I think the only... Well, okay, we gotta name other lines that might have killed John that he could have said instead of this party's Should over. Do I have to take a sip every time? Okay, yep. Okay. Ready? Ready? Take a sip, John. All right. I got this. All right. Nope. Sorry. Okay. Take another sip. I got another oh, one. You got another one, Chris? Yep. You got another one? I, I'm trying to think of something that's not him as Nick Fury. All right. No. Paul, Paul's got this. No sense on my plane. <laughs> that's not a real line. That's a cow. <laughs> it is now. It is now. He said, "You couldn't hear it, but I can interpret Paul laugh crying." And it is now. And that was a good one. That almost got me. I was not expecting. I was not expecting that one. This is Paul and his lips red joke all over again. Chris, you got one yet? I, I'm no. I'm legit trying to think of more Mace Windu nut lines, not oh. Sam L. Jackson lines. No, no, it's Sam Jackson lines. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 this insane. party's over is the Sam Ag- Jackson line that's brought to Mace Windu. It's not. It's not. Uh. No, I, I refuse to play this game because oh, okay. I'm I'm too into the wormhole of trying to find Mace Windu lines now. Mm. Besides, this party's over, and then when they're sitting in like the, the Jedi Wait, Council, should I take like, a sip? 
Should he take a sip? No, yeah, no, yeah, no take a no, sip. Don't, Do it. Don't. Because also he's like, we grant you. We we the console recognizes you, but we do not give you the title of master. That's that's a terrible line, but that's one of the ones that he has. Yeah. No. But, but then but then Anakin gets all hurt and he's like, oh, I'm gonna be a master. He's been paying quite a bit at the Jedi Dojo for many years. Anakin Skywalker is basically the Dwight of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, but much like you don't give Dwight the regional manager title, you don't give Anakin the title of uh, Jedi Master. And bad things happen. Bad things happen. Worst things probably would have happened had they gotten that title, though. Yeah, very true. All right, so that's the books that we're looking forward to, everybody. (laughs) Chris and I are both looking to the same book, if you didn't catch it. Yeah, yeah. Because he almost killed me. But, uh... This party's over. It's like the thing that he oh, says. Man. We didn't finish this beer, and I need to go grab that double IPA for us. Yeah, well, we can drink. What, that's I, our last can, beer? Or we got two more? No, that's our beer. last beer. Huh? No, Chris, I'm you have driving. enough beer in front of you. I'm not driving anywhere tonight. Take your time. We got a whole... We, we got four books to get through. We got four books to get I through. I just wanted to grab them when we were finishing a segment and go into the next one. Well, we're going into the dramatic I reading. Know. Oh, that's right. Come on, John. Don't yeah. forget the dramatic reading. We, we talk. We literally talk about this every time. <laughs> no. Come on. What are we doing next? Oh, we're doing a dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from the fall and rise of Captain Adam, page two, panel three. Well, well, well guys, the uh, internal nucleon buffers and uh. Geotechnic uh, Tesla shielding are uh, primed on the dome. It, it should able be able to uh, withstand whatever uh, may be coming next. Yeah, well, about that. And that was a dramatic reading from one of the worst books I've read in the last couple of years, The Fall and the Rise of Captain Adam. Paul is borderline Jimmy Stewart there, too, by the way. Now, I say, I don't have your money. The the money's not here. It's it's in your house, and his house, and the house down the lane. Uh, If you ever want me to do any kind of uh, voiceover work, you can contact us at... Contact. I'm not going to give out that email address because none of us has checked it in over a year. I'm confident in saying that. Uh, Right? Yeah. yeah, I never checked wrong. it to begin with. Chris always checked mine for me. Yep. Uh, what's really funny is I was going to do a different page, but when I swiped to take a picture of that, that's it's, it swiped to the page before the panel before it, and then took that picture, and I was like, "Oh, that's awful too. Let's just do that one." Well, remember, this was we would quote no win in that book when we started. It was we would go to a long box, grab out a book at random, and open a page at random. And then pick a panel. Uh, that it opened, I had read up to that. <laughs> that somebody had read open. I went past that. Somebody else tried to read that book and stopped at like page two. And I clicked on it and I was like, oh, this is a good one because it's really long. And then I swiped to take the picture, went to the previous panel, and boop. boop. That's, that's our dramatic Chris, reading. You, you led that. You led me there. 
you led me there. Is a real it's it's so awful that book. And I know I know you bought this. I don't remember if we actually read it for the look back. We didn't or know if it was one of those ones that we didn't was I, I or not. I paged through the rest of it to see where the book went. And while I'm doing this, I'm miming in my hand, swiping pages. My phone's sitting next to me. I could have done it miming with the phone in my hand. But you know, uh, I respect that choice. And we were in line. We It was when we were all in Florida with Erica. Uh, uh, soon to be friend of the show erica because she, well, she is she is friend of the show no oh oh it's, yeah that's in the future that's in the future time machine uh <laughs> we were down there and uh, we were waiting in line for um it was one of the rides in uh it's where we had lunch in with the diner there was like the we took that boat ride when and we looked at all the agricultural stuff it was oh, yeah. the land. Yeah, it was there, and we were like playing the games on the wall. Uh-huh. That area there, and yeah, I read it in line there, and I was like, "There's no reason for this book to exist. It's awful." And now, Paul, you're reading it every time I pick for you. Oh. It's the new Night Force. Night Force. Oh, I've been Night Force again. So much fun. Womp womp womp. You know, you could always have picked Night Force articles for us, like panels for us to read. No. I refuse to touch that book. I touch it too often. Uh, Unlike the books that we are... Uh, well, let's look to- forward to books that we actually wanted to read until we started reading them. Or are happy we read, because, you know, review times. Spoilers! Yeah, I, I, I don't know which are which for you, Paul. Like, yeah. I, I'm honestly torn. Spoilers! Are full in effect here. We we read these books. We're going to talk about them in full. So if uh, Chris at the very top of the show, you mentioned the books. So if you're now at this point and you haven't read those books and you don't want to be spoiled, pause and uh, come back to us right now. Hey, thanks everybody just, for pausing. No, or just skip around. You know, like we talk about what book we're going to list next. You know, yeah, yeah. skip yeah. around it, but. And this is part one of A Minute Longer, uh, DC Universe Rebirth, Superman number 29. And this is written by, sorry, it takes forever to find out that it's Dan Champagne. Oh. And uh, art by... Doug Mankey. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll talk about the art. What's that? Sorry, I just had a hiccup as you asked that. We'll talk about the art. Yeah, yeah. And my pa- my pages are blank right now. Doug Mankey is the guy that's worked on uh, Green Lantern for quite a bit. And he's over here on Superman, which is kind of weird, but he's hanging out with Parallax in this issue. Like I said, spoilers, everybody. Uh, so apparently kids are going missing while playing uh, Pokemon Go. I mean, uh, Captain uh, Carrot yeah. and the Zoo Crew. Yeah. <laughs> the Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew go. Uh, and kids are look- uh, one kid's looking for it and stumbles upon a very tiny little parallax and is uh, taken over and possessed by them. And he's then become the Pied Piper of Metropolis. And Superman, over, the- over two weeks, 
has been trying to track down what's happening to these missing kids. Uh, and and more and more kids keep missing every couple of days. Every night, one other kid becomes missing. One more kid. And um, yeah, there's basically like a wall in Metropolis where everyone's putting up pictures of their kids that's missing. And meeting nightly. Everyone's kind of like meeting up there. And then like Superman goes to check in and be like, hey, you know what? We're doing everything we can, but they just they can't solve this mystery. Uh, and then finally, because they've set a curfew in place, Superman happens upon a child that Parallax, who's taken the form of the first child who found him. Uh, no, because Jimmy is like, hey, I'm taking all these pictures, and for the past two weeks, everything comes out like weirdly. It's got a weird tint of yellow, yellow. and like. But that Superman. doesn't that doesn't connect it to uh, Superman. Superman then says, "Oh, weird! I see this trail, this footprint trail." He finds that because he can see the different like wavelengths yeah. of light. Mm-hmm. But he get, he follows that trail after the la- oh, that last child is mm-hmm. is taken. Oh, okay. And he sees that yellow, and he follows it, and sees the first child who who met right. Parallax has taken this next child. And but it that, hurts his eyes. Ooh, it feels like daggers in his eyes. Uh, <laughs> and it becomes this whole thing of Superman versus the two children who have been in, empowered, empowered by, by or possessed. Or, exactly. Uh, well, and, like, Parallax is infected, like, the the first child, Zachariah. But then yeah, he Z. kind of has, like, the other kids, like, almost webbed up, and he's using them as, like, fear batteries almost. And then he finally gets into... Superman at the end yeah. of this book. Yeah. At which mm-hmm. point, Sinestro shows up and says, Superman, you have something in mind. But I thought there's story beats that I really enjoyed in this book. I enjoyed that Superman took the time to, like, stop by and meet with the parents and say he's trying as <coughs> hard as he can to. You know, because I want a Superman that's always. And he's flying the entire time, he's always hovering above us. But he's also trying to he's trying to connect with humanity, but he's always like not quite. Like I love that story beat where he's just staying kind of soaring there, hovering there, trying to like calm everybody's fears, but it doesn't quite happen. Like he's a symbol for hope, but unless you believe in that hope, it's not going to help. And I think that's the constant struggle for Superman, and I like that scene. I love. That you know, it was like two or three pages yeah. that that happened, that played out with, and it's I that, thought that was really strong. The humanity of Superman taking an interest, not 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 taking interest, but stopping that minute to see mm-hmm. these people to say, "Yeah, we're trying," but he doesn't actually well, ground himself. He doesn't. He, he like, also like he's he's talking to the parents though. Like he refers to them by name. He's like, "No, like, hey, mm-hmm. here we are. Like, we're trying." And like he kind of lumps in the uh, Metropolis Police Department with himself. Like, you know, we're, we're not going to stop until mm-hmm. until we find your kids. And he has that internal struggle of, like, I'm putting on the brave face, but I'm just as wor- worried as every other parent here. Yeah, because, because So on kid... one level, he's on the exact same level as everybody else at that meeting, but he has to be Superman... So he's constantly has to float. Like, yeah, but it's, I just love that he's floating that entire time. He's not. 
he like does he's not? he's grown. Oh, he, he, does... he does get eye to eye with these people because he is mm-hmm. a parent. He's eye to eye with these people. He understands the fear of your child missing. Yeah, yeah. And um, but he does. There is a few panels of him floating above those people, yeah. and then when before he's about to leave again, he's floating before. Yeah, he that's leaves. what I kept on. But he does have those moments where he's eye to eye with those people, mm-hmm. and he's saying like, "I, I recognize your fear." And that's what finally lets Parallax into Superman is the fear of his son being stolen or taken or something happening yeah. to his boy. And then you have that moment with Sinestro. Well, before that, it's not Superman says, I'm not afraid of you, but I will let you take me to save these kids. He says, yeah. I am not afraid. But this is what this is a bargain. Well, yeah, but there's also I do not fear you. There's also those panels of like right before it goes in there. It, yeah, and Superman be- beats him back. Uh, yeah, and it's like I think that's that initial thing of like Superman like finding what's happening to all these missing kids, mm-hmm. where it's just like that fear of like oh my god, what's happening? And then he finds out it's Parallax, and then he's he's Superman again. He's ready to go. But like and once he finds out, like no, like I I have to kind of let this entity into me to like keep these kids safe that's when like the fear kind of overtakes him well it's like literally it's right before it's right before parallax goes into him it's the children in these webs talking to him and they're saying like you're afraid kryptonian for your son for these children of your city so much fear and he says get out of my head and then parallax says you're finally ready and then goes into goes into superman and then he's like, a minute longer, that's all it takes. I, I, I don't... I'm not afraid of you. In, I don't have the book in front of me, but is that when like he literally like rips Parallax out of his throat? Or is that after he's already said, like, you can take me? Because there, there's two times where Parallax yeah. goes in to be like, hey, you're mine. But then... No, you, got, the you, you, you guys... The first time does yeah. fight him off. You guys are right. He does fight him off. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, you know what? To save these kids, fine. Yeah, it's me that you're after. Let them go, because that's Superman. He's hope and sacrifice. Like he'll sacrifice himself over and over again. Because without that, that's not a Superman story. So, uh, how did you I, guys? I want to throw it to the art next. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, because this is art by Doug Mankey, who was on Green Lantern for I think a couple of years, and. Not, not the greatest artist. I mean, nothing against this all. He, I mean, he's definitely a better artist than I could ever hope to be. Um, but I want to say, Paul, you always kind of refer to his stuff as kind of alien. Yeah, when he draws humans, he would draw them like the proportions of the faces weren't to be quite right. Uh, here, yeah, I didn't. The eyes were always really big and like really close together. Yeah, I haven't seen any of his stuff in. A long time since Aquaman. I, and this Rebirth. book is like far beyond like the stuff they did when he was on Green Lantern. I really didn't. I wouldn't have known this was Doug Menke, but I would have been like, "Oh, this is like the like whatever house level comic book artist they got to draw this book." Like, I wouldn't have said it's a namestay uh, namestay artist doing this book, but it was decent. It was good. I would say it's a better it's a it's a it's at least a step better than the house artists because some of those ho- yeah. house artists for DC are not great, right? 
Um, I, I, I agree with John, definitely. Uh, but I think for Doug Mankey and what I envision in his art, it's it's. I thought it was better st- than Doug M- Mankey. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yes, I would agree with that. And I but think it that's isn't what, anything superb. No, but that's what be. Chris. That's what Chris was saying. Is it's a step up from yeah. Doug Mankey art? No. Like, if you look at where he was when we were like mm-hmm. more actively reading Green Lantern, because we used to be a Green Lantern podcast, and I feel like this would have been right in our wheelhouse when we would be talking about like Blackest Night, and then like going back and talking about uh, Sinestro Corps. Like this, this would have been a book that we just picked up because, like, no, like Sinestro's in it, like Parallax is in, it, like we have to like just read this book, not read it because we're going to talk about it. The artwork that we get in this is so far beyond what we had previously from him that I'm like, wow, like, okay, like, he's he's got it. Like, he had his time on, like, a top-tier book, but now it's so much more, like, forged, and it's... This, this is a superhero book. I look at this, and it doesn't seem out of place as either a Green Lantern book or a Superman book. It... It hits all of those notes. I, I was actually like surprised that this is the same artist that you know, like we used to not be fans of, but like, oh, it's the guy that's on Green Lantern, so it's not, it's not bad. He draws aliens. Now, here's the thing I wanted to ask you guys: for a Superman book, how did you guys like this? I liked it. Like I said, that one scene, it felt like a really good Superman personalization, humanization of Superman. I really liked it. I liked that he was like, hey, Clark Kent is looking into this too. I would have liked a little bit more Clark Kent of actually, maybe that was the issue prior to this. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Of him like trying to do the detective work. But I thought this was a very strong Superman story. And it... Uh, I I agree. It's a a Superman story through that Green Lantern... Snapchat filter. Yeah. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. Like I, I, I dug it because it's Superman, but it's putting it into words and uh, situations that I know and love from being a lifelong Green Lantern fan. Like you want to if this had come if this had come out like during the Green Lantern heyday of the early two thousands and. Mm-hmm. This was like a spinoff from some Green Lantern thing. Like, I I would have picked this up and been like, "Oh man, I need to, I need to read the rest of this series." Like, imagine if it, it was Crib. It, oh yeah, like Yellow Lantern Crib. Because I was expecting that to happen. Like she would to show up, and it was Superman it, versus Crib, and then all of a sudden, all the like the Yellow Lantern Corps descends <laughs> on Superman. Like, because just one Yellow Lantern isn't quite enough. For me versus well, it, versus it's, Superman, it's not one like Yellow Lantern. It's this is Parallax, right? Like, that is back to the forefront. that is a challenger worthy. A worthy opponent has arrived. You know, somebody dropped the quarter in. Like you didn't. It's not yeah, a Goomba I, I, versus. I Mario. would love this if it was printed as a like Superman like Parallax spinoff miniseries or one shot. I would have enjoyed this. I like this even more now that it's just happening in the random monthly book. Make monthlies count. 
Yeah. That's what they keep on saying, and this feels like they're making a monthly count. And it also feels to me like the writer gets like Superman. And also Yellow Lanterns. And Yellow yeah, it gets it gets all of the DC world that we encompass and we have a vision for. Uh-huh. And that's why I wanted to see where you guys stand on this because so, where do you stand? I, I feel the same way you guys do. And I was like, there's there's a reason I think um probably a month, month and a half, two months ago, I saw the the cover whenever the previews kinda came up and they showed the cover of a super being, Superman uh, who knew if it was Superboy Prime or what was going to go on with the Yellow Lantern? And I said, okay, I want to check that out when it happens mm-hmm. and see where it's going to go. And when this book finally came up, I, I bought it. And we had already pretty much picked our books for the list when I said last week, I said, let's add this because mm-hmm. I think we should talk oh, about yeah, it. Yeah. And I hadn't even finished the whole episode issue. I had just gotten past the part where Superman was talking to those kids, and I said, I think we need to talk about this, because I think this is something that will fly under people's radars. This is a book I think people should check out. Uh, spoil, you know, I, if, you're a Superman, if you're a Superman fan, I think you should check it out. If you're a Green Lantern fan, like... Yeah, but a Green Lantern fan from, like, <laughs> six years ago. Like... Not not the uh, Lantern Wars with the uh, Darkest Night, but before that, the Sinestro Corps War. This is this is scratching that. Oh, there's a vein. There's a vein. This is your heroin. You can't tell, but Paul's doing a heroin scratch on his forearm. Like <laughs> this is that Sinestro Corps. Ooh, you had a Lantern. Like, give me those. Give me those stories. Yeah, I just wanted to see where you guys fell. Like, if I didn't pick up the next issue, would you? Yeah. I, yeah, I, because I, I I really want to see more of this. I pick up action comics in here and there because that's the mainline story, you know, Superman book. And I picked up like the crossover with Supergirl and the rest of the Superman family, and those weren't that great. But this is good. This, this is good. Is it. Okay. Well, like I said, like I I look through this as the the Green Lantern fan, but it, it's a great Superman book. And that takes us to our next book. That came out in August 2017. The reason we're recapping is because we need to recap for ourselves because we took a long pause. <laughs> and uh, this is New God Special number one, um, written by Shane Davis, and I I don't want to rake anyone else through the mud because... Uh, no, it, it's drawn by Shane Davis as well. Hmm. Uh, and then it also, uh, Walt... It all. Walt... Uh, Simonson, also mm-hmm. writer and uh, pencils. And also in the backup feature, it was Jack Kirby, writer and also artist, I believe. So this is uh, three issues, three stories. Three story. No, isn't it four? It's four stories. Is it four stories? Oh, there's Because the there's one that page. one page with yeah. uh, Calabac when he's like looking in a mirror. mirror. Like, I'm yeah. good enough. I'm, I'm bad enough. The Gosh Jack- darn it, people like me. Yeah, and then it was the the Kirby pack, uh, uh, mm-hmm. backup. Uh, but this is a book that just makes me not care at all about the new gods. Uh, this nothing is nothing redeemable for you. Uh, I I was I was more interested in 
the the actual Kirby little story with the dude and the horse wow. than I was with any of the Orion stuff. And then Calback Page. I like I turned the page and I was like, wait, that's it? <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, oh, uh. So the I fir- forgot about it until you mentioned it. <laughs> the uh, the first Not book. True. Same. <laughs> the first the first story is Orion uh, flying, uh, talking that I am Orion and I am this. And when he gets to that part where it's like, uh, oh, hello, All Father and uh, Sun Ray, I Night Ray, Night Ray, Light Light, light Ray. Ray, Light Ray, is that yes. his name? Winlu. When when I got to that point, I went. I don't want to read this anymore, and I shut it off. I was like, wow. Ugh, I'm going to read anything else but this. That's the first book, and you're like, and that was added to the list. At, no, that was added to the list before I finished reading it because I spent four ninety nine on this book. I spent four ninety nine on this book. We're going to read it. We're going to read it. You spent more on this book than a min- than a minor league baseball game uh, ticket. ticket. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I did. Uh, I did that, and I went. I went. Nope. I don't want. I don't want to read this. So then today, <laughs> I finished reading this book, and I went. Oh God. So this is Orion. Oh, no, no, no. You went. Oh, new gods. Uh, new gods. <laughs> uh, so Orion mm-hmm. flies up on his little scooter thing mm-hmm. to the to the All Father mm-hmm. and to uh, Light Ray. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, Forager's here. And he's like, I hate Forager. And he's like, yeah, but Forager, the bug people are getting, they're going to they're gonna to turn New Genesis into Apocalypse because Cal back. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, I'm going to take my little scooter over there. And then I'm going to... I'm gonna try to fight him, I'm and then beat and the then shit. my little my little thing that makes my face look pretty makes me look not that bad. Yeah, uh, his eyebrows I'm, are a little bit more. Yeah, wild. they're a little bushier, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he's like, mm, and they're symmetrical anymore. And then I'm gonna beat the shit out of Calback, and then I'm gonna say, who cares? And he throws him to Apocalypse and inside Mother boxes him back to it. Yeah, yeah. I actually liked it. <laughs> I like this. Uh, so did I. Like it isn't. Oh. It isn't. It's a new Genesis story. Like it's not horrible, but it's like that story of like, oh, here comes Apocalypse, like doing shit on new new uh, Genesis. It's Calback. It's Calback yeah. doing it to get his father's. Because Darkseid always has a treatise, always has an agreement where he can't do no non-aggression pact and he can't so he's always like just working in the background working on that equation oh that anti-life equation dip my pen into the inkwell <laughs> lick that tip that, a little bit tip and that on my keep on working mm-hmm. keep on working on that anti-life equation i'm going to figure it out someday uh and he, and then Calabac is just dear just dear dykes dark side of apocalypse not going to happen Hasn't happened yet, buddy. Keep trying. He's going to solve it. He'll solve it one day. I forgot uh, to carry the one. He's just working on that math equation. He'll, mathem- he'll, he'll find that math magic one day. Uh, but no, and then Calabac is just looking for his father's approval, and Orion is just trying to prove that he isn't his, the son of his father. And it's just that conflict, that internal conflict that's played out externally. And it's good. It's just people bashing on each other's face until the end of the issue. Right, Chris? Yep. But then it's like, 
but then it's, it's that's like kind of what got because I read this after I read Mr. Miracle number one, which will be the next book we talk about. Because I kind of thought this would tie into that somehow, and then like halfway through, like the main part of this book, I was like, oh no, it's it's not going to. But at that point, I kind of didn't care because at at that point, it was just. Orion beating on Calabac, and I was like, okay, like, I can buy into this, because I've never been a New Gods fan, and when there's, like, two things I do not, or I guess three things I do not care about at all in comic books. Marvel Cosmic, the Legion of Superheroes, (laughs) and then the New Gods. I don't need to read any of that. But this was actually, like, the first book where I was kind of like, okay, New Gods... I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was so much of Shane Davis kind of taking that <clears throat> Kirby style, but then just updating it because he wrote and drew like the main feature in this book. It's very Kirby referential and like homage, but it's updated in a way that I, I didn't mind it. It's a departure from his normal like style but then when you think like, oh no, he's he's doing a Kirby book, it, it makes more sense. <laughs> I I kind of like this book. I'm kind of sad to hear that John didn't because if you were to like a Kirby New Gods slash Apocalypse book, I, I, I feel like this is this is a great like entry drug. Like this this has it. Like this outlines the characters who they are like oh no like they traded kids so shit happens there's treaty now i i hated the bug issue when you read that i didn't mind him in this yeah i think this is this is kirby for people that don't like kirby as we can see in that last issue with the war horse starring the movie war horse Starring the movie. I know that didn't make any sense, but I've been drinking a lot. Nope. I liked Starring it. The movie. Starring the movie. Episode I title. Somebody write it down. Starring uh, the movie. I have, I have something else written now, but I was adding that to my list. <laughs> um, the thing the thing I didn't like, one of the things I didn't like about this is the, the, the callback is like the animated series Superman version yeah. of this thing. It's not that classic Kirby version From of it. the one where he's holding up a mirror to himself saying that he's worth it? Really? I didn't <laughs> You'd I, rather that? I didn't Okay. I didn't say you put him down on paper. I didn't say I loved put it. it down. Uh and then uh I do like that Shane Davis he's the artist on the uh Superman Earth Ones. Yeah. Sean D- Shane nice. Davis. Yeah. Shane Davis. I didn't didn't realize that till I looked him up a little bit. Um, oh, yep, you've seen a lot of his work. He also did the Orange Lantern art on uh, Green Lantern. Loved it. <laughs> he wanted yeah. more. I didn't, of course he did. I don't have too much of a Freaking complaint about Lantern. the art. I, it, the story just didn't. Well, the story just didn't grab me. To, in this, I kind of like circle back quick. I feel like he toned down his art to be more of that Kirby style, and like I think maybe like four or five mm-hmm. pages, and I was like. Okay, I need to look at this through the lens or the like the filter of a Kirby book, and you see it's very stark backgrounds. The machinery is very 
overburdened with lines. A lot of Kirby Crackle, a lot of Dotson, like the energy of stuff. This, this was Shane Davis doing. Yeah, he was doing aping a Kirby book. Yeah, he was aping a Kirby book, like suit a lot of shade. And, and, and I was expecting a lot more, and I thought he held back a little bit, and I thought that him holding back a little bit actually helped the book, because <laughs> there could have been a lot more Kirby Crackle and a lot more Kirby, like red and black ball. Uh, you know, circles going on. I, yeah, yeah. Th- I thought this was a really done well, a really well done Orion book because my, granted, my expectations for Orion are like th- my expectations for Flying Bison. <laughs> like, <laughs> you put anything <laughs> out decent, I'm like, okay, good. All right, all right. Then let's talk about Teeth of the Sea, a tale of young Orion by. Uh, with by Seagrin? Walter by, by Walter Simpson Simpson and art by Walter Simpson as well. You like this Simonson. one? Simonson. 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 This feels like a. This feels like a classic bubblegum wrapper or Sunday Sunday issue comic book, uh, like you know, panel by no, panel it's, strip kind of. Yeah, issue. it's very bazooka do comic book. Yeah, it's like it. It's what you would expect if you picked up a magazine, a a mag of comics back in the day, where you would get two ish, a two page story, and then you would get another two page story, and maybe the four page story, and you were happy you got that because the war's on, kid. Suck it up and buy a war bond. Like that's enlist. <laughs> and once you're eighteen, enlist. And if you're not eighteen, forge your documents like my great grandfather did. And just say that since you're 16, just forge your documents, say you're 18, and enlist anyways. Because that's what makes America great. Uh, yeah, uh, that's happened. Uh, but no, it's just, whatever. It's it's a Silver Age comic that I'm reading now. Yeah. It's Tom versus the comics. But, but here's fine. Yeah, okay, but it's like, hey, you distract that guy while I go do something. Uh huh. Ah man, this yes. is this is this gonna is happening. This is gonna be really tough. Hey, never mind. Let's go. Let's we get back won. on our ship. Hey, what'd you get? Never mind. Ha ha. Maybe we'll get away from them. Oh no, their teeth. Ha ha. We got past them. Young Orion. What? Else? <laughs> what <I start? laughs> you look at me like? Yeah. What? Yeah. That was great. Like, you're <laughs> dumb, John. For like. That's why you only need to read the. The main feature of this book, like everything else, is just kind of like reprint bulls crap. Yeah, John's John's sitting there talking, and he's like, "I ordered a vanilla ice cream cone, and I got a vanilla ice cream cone. What the hell?" It's like, what? I got French vanilla swirl. No, it's like, oh, the next part of this four. Story book that I paid four ninety nine for is like never you mind ha ha and I'm like no I do mind I spent <laughs> money on this I'm getting <laughs> wait wait a second Not... did did Seamaster and Orion just bend me over and fuck me in the ass I don't think it was that bad ha ha it, it wasn't great teeth it's one of those books where you can just kind of like. 
flip through and be like, oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. they're fighting a kraken. No, 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 a kraken. Crack-ca-ca. crack uh, No, I thumbed through reading this while I was cooking bacon this morning for breakfast, and I, w- and, and I was like, fuck this, this ba- watching bacon cook is better than this book. And Paul's leaving oh, the room. Bacon, oh. With bacon, there there's a promise of a better future. Just, you guys, you're kind of just lumped into whatever you can get. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy the Shane Davis, like, Orion Calabac story. And this is, again, as someone who's never liked New God stuff, I might have just been in that mind frame after reading Mr. Miracle number one, because I thought this would, like, pseudo tie-in. Um, th- this kind of reintroduced me to the characters that I don't like and made me be like, oh, okay, like, I can understand maybe why, you know, fans from the 60s or 70s enjoy these characters. I I liked seeing this updated take on them because it wasn't too original look at them. Because I feel like every other time I've seen them, it's been too, like, kind of what you were saying, like, Kirby, oh, hark, the new gods cometh, here we are, let's fight us against each other. Eh. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's not my kind of comic book. And everything that you said you didn't like about this one, I, I couldn't help but think back to when Paul made us read the Dark <laughs> Phoenix saga, because they're very much like two sides of that same kind. Uh, same coin, one DC, one Marvel. Like, this is what people can look back and be like, no, like this is the best. Uh, yeah, and and I'm 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 not a backlog of Kirby cosmic fan. I think I uh, I appreciate I appreciate what he did in the world he created, with not really having read much of it. This book. I think the the front the front feature and the back end are the best things of this book. Meaning the the yeah. the, the sea creatures, whatever, is the worst. Uh, yeah, but you're then comparing it to a one page oh, issue of just like uh, yeah. If the whole book was a one page thing of Calbeck just looking in the mirror, like someday you'll rule this planet. Like I I I, I enjoyed that the really the most of this book. The the I think I think some of it is I read and I didn't make you guys read the the Forger um, all read book which was I read uh, it though because you got it it was a fucking mess and it was awful yeah. and there's a reason I didn't bring but it up basically sums up everything I don't like about Mike Allred books so. I thought it looked good yeah it looked like a Mike Allred book and I was fine with it yeah it looked like a Mike Allred book. <laughs> Um, no, I, I agree, because the only thing I really liked about this book was the first 20 pages or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, as soon as I started reading like that, like it, it felt like a backup with them going underwater to fight. Yeah. Octopus Master, I was like, wait, who's this dude I've never heard of? He must have been established at some point, but when it comes to the New Gods, nobody cares about anybody that's not... Like Dark Side, yeah, Calabac, Desad, Granny Goodness, Orion, Light Ray, 
who's like nope. I feel like he should be bottom tier, but you still know him because people are like no light ray can be cool. Let me show you how. Yeah, new gods and also the legion. New new gods and legion I feel like are on the same kind of wavelength for me. Where I'm like, yeah, I know a couple of the characters, and those are the ones. But I always assume there's another character that explains away all other... Like, oh, Wild Beast. He has all the powers of the... Yeah. What was his name? Seagrin? Yeah, yeah. He's the Aquaman of this universe. Sure, cool. If there was a Legion superpower character, I would be like, yeah, sure. You have to to listen to Orion be like, this water tastes bad. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, because yeah. it's an apocalypse. It's apocalypse. It's tainted. It's tainted. I don't like it. He says it like three times. Like this water's is really bad. <laughs> like yeah, we get it, guy. It's, yeah, it's not good water. Keep swimming with me, and yeah. we talk yeah. and breathe underwater. Hey, that's cooler than anything anyone else does. It's freaking like eerie. Just uh, grow up. And, uh, <laughs> Put it through a Brita. And and Just the thing is, it. is like the the most I really love about the new god stuff is the stuff that happened in, like, Superman animated series and then Justice League Unlimited. Mm -hmm. And leading into our next book is the the Mr. Miracle and Big Barda, Granny Goodness, that came out of... And uh, Oberon. And Oberon that came out of Justice League Unlimited. And that's where I really get my love and appreciation for Mr. Miracle and the new god, the quote-unquote new gods. Uh, sorry, I, was I starting this? I have no hey, idea. We're coming to discuss who's going to talk about it, but it's your book, after John. Talking about after talking about New God Special, it's only fair that we talk about Mister Miracle Number One. And this is written by Tom King and Mitch Gerads. Poss- sure, possibly. Uh, and this is Mister Miracle Number One. And this is uh, Tom King, who you've heard us speak about in the past with uh, his vision. We also reviewed his... My, my past two trade and policy picks. And then vision we, Volume 1 and Vision Volume 2. And we've also talked about his Batman uh, Jokes and Riddles, number one, or whatever issue that was. Right. And this is a Mr. Miracle book um, that I'm looking through the Tom... King lens now of uh, having read both vision traits. Here's the thing, Paul. Let's hear what you have to say because Chris and I had an amazing conversation <laughs> off off uh, record, quote uh-huh. unquote, about this book. Let's hear what you have to say before we have our conversation. Uh, the Tom King's lens, as you put it, is the lens of like get ready to be uber depressed, like. <laughs> It starts off oh, with you're not wrong. You're yep. not wrong. It starts off with uh, so far. Scott Free uh, sitting in a bathroom with his two wrists slit. Granite slit horizontally, not vertically, because if you're going to do it right, business. Yep, because if you're going to do it right, you slit horizontally so you can't be sewn up. Everybody that went to high school knows this. Uh, but if you've seen Royal Tenenbaums, you know this. Oh, that was in Royal Tenenbaums? Yeah. Oh. You've never seen Royal Tenenbaums? Nope. Really? Yeah. I just know that. It's probably the most accessible of Wes Anderson movies. It's it's up there as one of my favorites. Hmm. But anyway, so my favorite, though. Uh, and then we have Scott Free's, uh, Free uh, waking up in a hospital 
with Big Barda very upset, very uh, concerned about her husband, uh, whether or not he'll make it or not. Uh, and he's not sure whether or not he made it or not. If he, because he's a great, uh, for those that don't know, uh, Mr. Miracle is the amazing escape artist who was, who's the basically half, half brother of Oberon. He who, is the Orion. son. Orion. Yeah, he not is Oberon. the son of the Allfather who was traded to Apocalypse when Orion was traded from Apocalypse or from Darkseid to New Genesis. Right. And he's raised by basically Granny Goodness uh, on Apocalypse and, it's, and falls in love with Big Barda, who was. I think Big Barda more falls in love with him. Right. And then he escapes through any torture they give him. He's able to escape from Granny Goodness. He's able to escape anything. Anything. And he escapes from Apocalypse to later when Big Barda is sent to kill him. She remembers him and remembers that she loves him. And he turns her from the dark side to the good side Mm -hmm. and marries her. Ah, the dark side. Yeah, because uh, (laughs) dark side is the name of the character. Uh, You know, because... Big Barda was one of the Furies, right? Yeah. Uh, which are the evil... The They are the creme de la creme of the bad guys that are sent from... That Darkseid sends out to destroy Probably whatever wants yeah. to be destroyed. Uh, I'm just remember, like realizing now that so much of what I know and have retained of like New Genesis and Apocalypse was from Final Crisis. Yeah, it's either Final Crisis or the animated Justice series. Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. Uh, this is years after all that happens, and he's just living a normal life on he's Earth. He's Mr. Miracle. He's Mr. Miracle. He's the he's superhero the es- slash escape artist. Yeah, he's David. Con- he's uh, David Blaine or slash David Copperfield, whoever you follow in the. Magic, like magic world. world here in normal Earth Prime. Uh, he's doing feats left and right. He shows up on Johnny Carson, even though Johnny Carson's been off for years and years and years. Or Jay Leno. Or uh, Godfrey. I said David Letterman when John and I were talking, but it's like yeah. the late night show yeah. of your choice. Mm-hmm. He's a celebrity. He's like Zatanna. Uh, in the DC universe, so he's a celebrity slash superhero, like Animal Man, Santana, Vixen, Mister Miracle. Uh, the thing is, this is kind of reminds me of that independent film Existence with Jude Law, where it keeps on like creeping in whether or not he actually escaped death or not. Like he decides that he has to pull off the only thing he can try to escape next is death itself so he tries to commit suicide he wakes up in a hospital and now that he's awakened and is living his life again he's like noticing some small things are off that yeah, things, things are off like like big barda's eyes are now brown brown, brown blue. blue and here and, and but then again dc universe gets reset so many times artists they don't care, but he, but what we what you just said is what which what did I just say with with him committing suicide? Is that really him? Is he being like pushed into a new 
labyrinth, something that he's been captured, he doesn't realize, and they've sent him to this thing, and now he's in this world, this new world that he has to escape from. Because we keep and that's, that's the question because as soon as like he's out of the hospital and like he's making late night appearances, he's being visited by other new guys being like, no, like the worst thing ever's happened. Darkseid has the anti-life equation. Like, we got to go. We got to go. We we need to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Because in the book itself, every like every so often, a panel will just be black with white text. Darkseid is, which is as we learn from Final Crisis, when Darkseid uh, gets the anti-life uh, anti-life equation. Darkseid is everything. Dark side just is. He is you, he is me, he is everything. Or he is testing you, or you are, you know, you are. There's a period at the end of that sentence. And it's dark side is, period. Exactly. And my my view on this, and having had read the two volumes of Vision, is I have a new scope of looking at this book. And this is through the Tom King lens. This is the Twilight Zone lens. This Mm -hmm. is a superhero story being told through a different vision of this character. Different lens. 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, In in doing this, I'm I'm reading more into things. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at things at a different angle. I am following this in a different way. And in this different way, I'm liking what I'm seeing. There is a focus of what I've had in the past, and that mm-hmm. is what I've see- previously seen of Mr. Miracle, which are little glimpses here or there. In an identity crisis, you know, we looked at some things that Mr. Miracle had and some crazy things. Final you know, crisis. Final crisis. Uh, Not an identity. No, no identity crisis. When... when when uh, Adam's wife is killed, Mr. Miracle is there, and he's looking through things with his mother oh, okay. box, and then it's some some crazy things that Bruce had, you know, Bruce came up with. Mm-hmm. Like that, oh, that was a glimpse that I had of Mr. Miracle because I'm not. None yeah, of us yeah. are Kirby people. We don't know these things. And then it's that Justice League view of what I've seen of this character before, <laughs> and this is like a a version of Mr. Miracle and a story. That is not that cartoon. This is the adult viewing of a story being told about a comic book character I knew from being like a child kind of a view. And I think that's where I really shine on this because I'm reading into everything. I'm looking at every little thing. When he's walking on that beach with his father, with the all-father, his Mm -hmm. father, and then the all-father's like... His adoptive father. Well, no, that's his real father. No. The All-Father is his real father. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, right. And he's is walking it? with him, and then he's like, Darkseid's got the all, you know, the all life, life equation. equation. I have to go. Boop, boop. And he's gone. And then it's like, oh, well, that's really kind of abrupt. And then it's like, snap. Mm-hmm. Then something else happens. And then somebody comes and says, the All-Father is dead. And then he's like, oh, man. It's a weird mm-hmm. test that he's going through, but am I focusing on the wrong things? Am I being led astray? Because it's a Tom King book. Am I giving these breadcrumbs to lead me one way 
but I really should have been looking the other way. And that's how I looked at this book. And I was just like, man, I don't know what's going on because I'm thinking one thing, but I'm. And... Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Because I'm done with. No, and, and, and that's what got me. Like when he's on the late night show mm-hmm. where like it, it's a fluff piece where like the show host is talking to him is like, and he's like, oh, well, you, you tried something that nobody's come back from before. Like, why don't you talk about that? And then Mr. Miracle's like, oh, yeah, fluff piece. Like, I, I tried to kill myself, like, because nobody's escaped from breath. Like, I did it. And then the host is like, but did you? And Mr. Miracle's like, what? And then you have the static on the screen just kind of, like, intercutting everything. And it's like, yeah. oh, we, we need to take a break now. Yeah. And then it just cuts back to his home life where he's sitting around his apartment with Big Barda. I I want to know more about this book. I I was so brought into this like through the writing and then through the artwork because it's so stark, muted. Like it It's very muted except there's so much like bold bright coloring in it like the white on the bandages around his wrist and then like the red and like the gold on like their um like their capes like when they're in their like apocalypse gear, it's a it's a lot of muted yet bold colors. Like, and there's such a stark contrast between everything. Like this, this brought me right in more than I think Vision did. Mm-hmm. Oh, this brings me in more than Vision. But then again, I'm like, I watch The Matrix. I watch Extends. Like, if if he's just tripping through an alternate reality or uh, if you know, a trip throughout his own mind as he's close to death. Like, if that's what we're experiencing here, like, but, but with he... a character that I don't have any real attachment to, like you said, John, like, okay, it's a cool character exploration, but I like Mr. Miracle, and this is like a, a, a twisted yeah. take on this character that I do like, that I don't know a lot about, mm-hmm. but I do this, like, this I is... like him. I'm following John. Like this is a character that I don't have a big frame of reference on, but I I like him just because of like who and what he is. I'm I'm looking at this more like that Infinite Crisis, like eighty cents for eighty page, like that introduced me and made me love Ralph. Didn't like mm-hmm. I now know and care about this character, and I I want to see what's happening in this book. Uh, talking about Ralph Dibney, did he hear that he's going to be a uh, part of the Flash season four? Yeah, I did not. Yeah, he's going to be uh, a recurring character on season four it's of the Flash. Gonna, it's not going to be good. Uh, shut your mouth. It might be good. Did you finish this third <laughs> season? I finished season three. It was all right. You I did, like it. You did more than me because I was like, I'm done. I it was. I keep snapping. It's a television show. So of the characters that I love, and it's fine. This book, this to me, something. and I think having had read the Vision books, and then being kind of lo- told, like, this is Vision through, like, a Twilight Zone thing, I liked this book head and shoulders more than anything else we read this month. And this is a book that I am looking forward to issue two coming out. I'm looking forward to following this through 
to the end. Like, I want to know what I'm missing. What is going to happen next? How else can this be twisted and turned and shown in a different light? Because that's what these characters are missing. That is what the new gods was missing to me. Having had read Mr. Miracle and seeing a great an, a great interesting story told about that character. And then having like, mm, I don't like the bug people. Ugh, bug people. I'm going to kill my brother. But I'm not going to kill him because I was taught differently by the whole father. So I'm going to beat him to a bloody pulp yeah. and then send him back. Because that's actually worse than killing him. Like, yeah, I didn't care about that. That didn't do it for me. That was stupid. And right. this was a look at this character and what could you actually do to this character to, to twist and turn him as a character. And I think that's what's really interesting to me is the above and the beyond, above and beyond the psychological twist that you could do to a character and even his wife, to cause him to start mistrusting his wife by the fact that her eyes have turned from blue to brown. But is that correct? Do I, know that, do I know that as a comic book reader, that her eyes are blue and not brown? Well, let's pull out the DC Encyclopedia that's right down there that was published over ten years ago. Right? And but, that'll tell us. But that's just, that's those little things like, Am I following this with him? Am I agreeing with him because I don't agree? I don't know enough to agree or disagree with him. And I think those are all those little things, the twists and turns that come through this book, that I think makes it an a excellent book. Hmm. Uh, agree. Like yeah. this is my favorite book outside of uh, Superman, which would just be a book that I read because. Sinestro appears in it. It has to, like, tie into the Green Lantern, like, cores of light. This is a book that I actually, I cared about. I want to see more, and I want to know where it goes. Yeah, uh, this is my least favorite of all the books. Really? I know, but... And is it because of just that one scene of him killing himself? Yeah. It, It is because it's questioning whether or not he kills himself. And it's that... Like okay, does the story the hook though? But does the story actually matter, or is it the story about like his last visions before he dies, but then his resurrection and comes back? And also, every time a story talks about suicide, I kind of push myself out of it because of who I am, and just because you know what I have felt and what I think about as as a person. Like I struggle with that. Like it's part of who I am. Like, starting in fourth grade, I did not want to live. Like, I dealt with depression. I wanted to die. Like, I didn't feel like I deserved to keep on living. Like, and that's something I carry with me. So when characters commit suicide or contemplate suicide, it weighs heavily on me. Like, I don't... It's not a form of entertainment on me anymore because it constantly reflects back on how I feel constantly. It's something I struggle with daily and I don't want this mirror put in front of me. It's who I am. It's like I see him in the bathroom and I'm like, no, that's a vision that I have recurring in my own mind, in my mind's eye. Like if I let myself think about it, that is me. 
that is that's what I think about. Like that's that's one of those things that just constantly pops up. I, I don't want to think about it, but it's what happens. And I don't want to read that as entertainment. It's not a bad book. It's just not something I'm going to enjoy. And not to say anything against you, but I also suffered from depression. I also had suicidal thoughts. Right. And I don't – different people mm-hmm. getting through that and getting through the fact that, you know, doing – you know, suicide yeah. would end what I was feeling in the in whatever – I can look at this through the scope of somebody who has suffered through that and see where this person is then going and the trauma after that. And, I mean, I think that's just just two different people's take on a psychological problem that we both have We're dealing with. Everybody deals with shit. Yeah. Like, we all have our battles to face. Like, this is a battle that I'm not quite done with. Like, it's... And I and it's a battle that I have uh, definitely surpassed and won won against. Okay. Uh, uh, do, do I need to say same at this point? Uh, if you want, like we're not. I've, no, like I've, it's it's something that I still like still deal with. Like I, yeah, it, it ebbs and flows. Like I'll be fine, and then you know. Every day is the worst day ever. Like mm-hmm. I can't really put it into words, but I speaking not to a listener, but as to like friends and people that know me, like I, I live a very kind of quiet and guarded life. I don't like to talk about things. Uh, it's because most of the time I'm I'm pretty over life as as yeah. a whole. Like, you know, that's that's just how I am. Like I, I don't like to burden other people with what I'm going through and how I feel about things. And, you know, sometimes the bleakest of paths are the the most probable, but I, I don't fault the story for kind of tackling that and then just showing someone succumbing to it or powering through it. Um, as, as a piece of fiction, like, I can appreciate it for what it is, like... On either end of the spectrum, it, it could be him passing through that door. It could be him overcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, same like Robin Williams, What Dreams May Come, like fantastic, beautiful movie. But you know, you look, you watch it as a, a viewer, and they're like, no, like it's very dark, it's very depressing. But yep, there's a reason why I haven't art, seen it. Brings me to tears art. every time I watch it. It, it's it's a gorgeous movie, but you know art imitates life, and you know art is life. Art is both beautiful and disturbing. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I fucking I, heavy. Yeah, I, I felt uh, but, it was, uh, but that's again I, to kind of bring it back to where we were with reading like Vision Volume One for the trading policy. Like this is a comic book that comes in with just very big ideas and big questions. And when you compare that to something else that we'll be talking about where it's like the Superman, I'm fighting the fear. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. What really makes you think and like question what it is? Like, I think that's a, a great comic book. Yeah. And the thing is, 
when I go to read comic books, I want to read an inspiring story about a character overcoming things that I have not yet overcome. But it, but do you need it done in one issue? No. But is this going to be that person overcoming that throughout? But did I need somebody to t- did I need to watch the very last episode of The Office to see yes, everything to see everything work out to be fine and everybody's happy with each other before I even bothered watching the getting through that first season of The Office where everybody hated each other but and was he- miserable? I need to I need this story to I need you guys to read the story and tell me. Paul, everything works out and it's okay. And then I will go on that journey. I am afraid. I am deathly afraid of the reading the rest of these books and everything turning out to be miserable. Because I don't want to go down that path. And that's, that's I can't. That's where I differ I from you because can't. when I see the hero always winning, I say he doesn't win and he loses and where does he go from there? Right. And that's where I want to, like, to me as a reader and to me as just somebody who looks at the real world is, hey, it's not, it's not always great. I'm, like, not, there I'm are, not in there reading are... comic books for the real world, though. I'm reading it as an escape. I'm reading it to be an inspiration to be like, you know what? You failed today, but guess who didn't? Yeah, and I guess... Be I'm, more like him. And again, that's different is I, I want to see people... I want to see people suffer and struggle and say, hey, yeah, that shit is hard. I've done that enough. But look at me. I overcame that. I didn't do that. I'm a step above you, quote unquote, hero, or this or that. Or when I see that person having done that and say, hey, like, listen, I'm an alcoholic. I suffer through that every day, fighting myself to take that other drink. And I'm going to do this, or I mm-hmm. have this problem, and I I have depression, but I go through the next day, and I say, you know what? I made it through. Mm-hmm. I am a survivor. I finished that. I finished that day, and I'm going to finish this day. Yeah. And the, the day that they can't do that, I still will feel something for them. Having that fact that they couldn't, they couldn't make it through, I still say, hey, man, you made it as far as you could. And that's a check mark. That's not something against you. You did as best as you could. And that's the thing is, like, I, I look at it, I guess, differently than you, yeah. is, is they are the survivor. They're making it through every moment. And I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy seeing that. I enjoy seeing those Correct. actual real human <laughs> suffrage <laughs> that goes through that right, because right, right. I understand. I, I can look at that with empathy and say, hey, yes, you made it until you couldn't. And that's as good as you could have done. Maybe you could have done more, but okay. It's the saddest moment in your life, and I realize that, and I can accept and empathize with you. Right. And those moments of failure are just the dark reflection upon myself. Like, where you're like, okay, I can empathize with it. It just eats away at me that when that character fails, I'm failing. I, I think back about the moments that I have failed, and it just eats away at me a little bit more and more. Unlike when I read, <laughs> unlike when I no, have. <laughs> what we got to talk about? What Chris? You're Please don't talk. Don't make me no, Chris, feel anymore. Talk, talk what you have to feel because you need to feel it, and we need to hear it. No, I don't want to feel anymore. 
I was going to talk about beer. Yes! <laughs> literally just like the last sip of my like next beer. What was your last beer? Uh, and this is from Big Top Brewing Company out of Sarasota, Florida, and this is their Hawaiian Lion Coconut Coffee Porter. Uh, sitting at 7.5% ABV. Hey, if you drink this cold, it just tastes like a cold brew, like, Kona coffee. Ooh, nice. Really good. Um, it's got a nice amount of, like, just, like, dark coffee on it. Good, like, coconut nuttiness. Uh, I can't believe I already drank, like, a full can of this over, like, the course of talking about, eh, like, one and a half comic books. <laughs> um, uh, there was one comic book twice. Book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, technically, yes. Uh, there was other stuff on the shelf from Big Top Brewing, which I passed up because I was like, oh, well, next week I'm going to do all, like, stouts and porters that are flavored with, like, chocolate or coconut. Uh, but since, you know, we were talking about comic books, I didn't want to keep drinking the same stuff. I went to the fridge and picked up the Hawaiian Lion. Uh, really, really good beer. Uh, when I go to my beer store next, I, I'm probably going to pick up some other stuff from Big Top. Uh, I dig it. It's been a lot of, like, darker beers for me today, so I have no issue with that at all since you guys are drinking, like, all the IPAs. <laughs> yep. And we are drinking another IPA. Uh, this is a double IPA, and Woo! this is from Golden Road, which is... Uh, what are you trying to get me drunk? This is a brewery out of uh, L.A. You is, live at home. You don't have to go anywhere. As they said, made in L.A. Uh, this is a brewery that is one of the breweries that had been recently bought out by uh, Amheuser-Busch. Hmm. And... For that fact, it's now readily available where we are. Uh, I had had their session IPA uh, called Wolf Pup, 15-pack um, for about $18, and was kind of blown away by it. Before Anheuser-Busch takeover or no, after? No, after. Okay. That's the reason why we had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, brought into my brought into my store... Yes, you know, like the salesman comes in, he talks to me, and I say, okay, we'll bring some in and see how it goes. Uh, having tasted the liquid, I was like, you know what? This is really darn good. After tasting the liquid. After tasting the liquid. and then they <laughs> That s- is a phrase. And, and then they said, hey, double IPA? And I said, why, yes, sir. Bring in that double IPA. Let me taste that liquid. And what will I do? I will take this to a podcast and drink with one of my best friends. Because I really liked that session. Do I really like this IPA? It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's decent. It's uh, very malty on the end. It is almost three it months. Is, it is the juice caboose of double IPAs. It is almost three months old. It's almost... 90 days, which people like say, hey, 90 days mm-hmm. is what you have on an IPA to really get yeah. the essence of the beer. Um, the the Session IPA, uh, a little more closer also to that 90 days, thought it was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wish I had brought that Session here versus this double IPA because the reason I brought this is because of that Session. Okay. This is okay, very resiny. Very resiny, very malty, mm-hmm. but 
Yeah. I'm almost done with it. Well, we I, also had a 15-minute break, and it's also been 30 more minutes, so 45 minutes of... But I don't... I don't... I don't hate this beer. I can drink it. You're just finishing chugging it yourself. Like, it... It drinks malty, but it, fin- it finishes fine. It's nothing... There's nothing repulsive about this beer. There's nothing to make yeah. you say, oh, God, why am I drinking this beer? But then again, there's nothing about this Gold Road Wolf IPA made in L.A. This is Wolf Among, Among the Weeds. Wolf Among the Weeds. That, I'm, that I would be like, oh, I definitely got to try out more from Golden Road. Other than you saying, oh, their session's really, really good. Right. And I'd have to take a sip of that session and give it to you, making no, making sure that it tasted as good as I, I remember. Maybe remember before you let me have uh, it. Yeah. No, this Maybe is... Maybe on Tuesday when we play board games This together. is a disappointment mm-hmm. um, for Golden Road to me, having brought this to the table. I, I still think it's a decent beer. I think it's towards the end of its life, as it would be mm-hmm. being, you know, three months old. But it's still a decent drink. It's not bad. It's not like bitter on your tongue. It's not making you gag. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, yeah, it's, it's it's there. It's it's there in front of you, and you keep. I put it at about the same quality as Juice Caboose. I, I would probably say Juice Caboose. I would put it a little bit. Of, it's a little the, smoother drinking. It's Juice a little Caboose. bit above it. But uh, yeah, I would say the same thing is. It's not great, but it's not awful. It's just. An IPA that happened. It's just among the weeds. Chris. Hey. How are your two beers? He already, he already talked about his beer. Oh. We're going to the I, next I book. Three. I, I had Lapingu, cool. I had the Melange, and then I had my yeah, he's, Hawaiian Lion. He's drinking some serious I, I beers. Finished, I finished my Hawaiian Lion, and then I was like, oh, we have like two more books to talk about, so I poured out the rest of my uh, clown shoes ah. to finish because that... That brewery beer, it's 16.3 percent. It's it'll sit in the refrigerator for yeah, a day. Like, it'll still be, tomorrow. It'll day. still be good tomorrow. Put a Talk, cork in uh, it. And then, it, but you just think I took a sip of the uh, the Fuego, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh yeah, there's that burn again. And that on top of a night of drinking, like it's heavier now. I feel it. Yeah, talking about those clowns wearing them it's, clown it's shoes. With, it's on top of all those other beers and then the depression that Mr. Miracle brought out. Oh, I knew that depression was going to come out as soon as I clicked over to the next panel. It, it, it sounds like you need someone to uh, to lighten the load. Yeah, yeah. And Somebody would... to make me laugh. Somebody to give me the giggles. A real Harley Quinn. And this and... is Harley Quinn and Batman, The Last Laugh, one of five. Uh, written by oh, Ty. This is, I didn't read this book. It's part of five. Yeah, it's Ty oh, Tappleton, artist Rick uh, Buchet, uh, colorist Karen Smith, uh, and this feels like it was ripped right from the uh, c- solenoid, solenoid, celluloid, celluloid, celluloid uh, of uh, an animated episode from Paul Dini and uh, who's the artist on that? Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. Because uh, this is basically Batman and Nightwing uh, cr- finding the headquarters of the uh, Joker's headquarters. And, uh, is it a toy factory? 
pretty much, and everything going wrong for the Joker. For the Joker. And the Joker just can't figure out why everything's going wrong. But it's Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn basically is like, no. I sabotaged everything for you to pay attention to me. And you still are obsessed with Batman. Yep. And for whatever reason, this is the kind of comic book that I go to and want to read. (laughs) I think we realized why during the talk about Mr. Miracle. But this is just a fun, like, you know... It it has enough interpersonal relationship things going on. It's the Joker getting into a Mecha Joker, which is great. It's like Joker trying to poison everybody with freaking hot sauce, which I would die immediately because I freaking love hot sauce. I would have been okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, I got to give it that zing. Uh, and I put that on everything. Yep. And then, uh. Is that still the Franks, uh. Mm-hmm. I put that sh- on everything. And then, uh, it's Harley Quinn just trying to get her lover to notice her. And then Poison Ivy shows up and be like, I always noticed you. And she's like, aw, shucks. Uh, this is a fun, super quick read. I do How's not, it part one of five then? I do not understand how there's any more of this. Because, like,. Even when you were asking about this book, Paul was like, nah, it's just, yeah, it's just a one-shot. It's, just it's nothing, one. There's nothing more. Just read it as a one-shot. You're fine. I It I, goes into it, the new Harley Quinn and Ivy specials. But, but this is one of five of, Bat, of Harley Quinn and Batman. Yeah. There's going to be a direct-to-DVD release of Harley Quinn and Batman. You know that, right? Before Gotham by Gaslight? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And we got the first teaser images, and it looks awful. Uh, This is good, though. This was fun. I do not need to read five more issues, four Four more issues. issues. No. This was it. This was fine, and it was was fun, and it was... Every every turn, the Joker was like, Now I'm going to get you with this bazooka. It blew up in my face. Now I'm going to get this robot. It blew up in my face. Now I'm going to escape. What? Why does it say the Joker's hideout is here on this big hot air balloon above? Because Harley Quinn put it there. Exactly. And it is like, oh, it's yes. an animated series episode. The, it's great. The Harley Quinn of the animated series I enjoy, <laughs> and this is what it is, but I've had too much of Harley Quinn in mainstream to care. Don't don't care about that mainstream Harley Quinn. Just like just just don't, don't, don't care. Don't care about the other yeah. Harley Quinn books Paul's made us <laughs> no, read. No. I guess that's that's still this Harley Quinn. This other ones. Uh, this is a. This it's not is, as this, harsh. As this harsh. isn't an A plus. This isn't a minus. This is just, I think, just an A. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was fun. It was quick read. If you were to pick up the other ones, if I had nothing to do and I was waiting in line at a pharmacy or something <sighs> like that, I would read them. But it's not like I'm kicking down doors to right. read any more right. of these. Mm-hmm. But during those moods that I have where I'm like, I want more Batman animated series, like, this is stuff I go after. I'm like, yeah, that scratches that itch. I w- it's that season four 
of Batman the Animated Series, which is crossing over with the adventures of Superman, where the animation style turned a little bit, and the stories aren't quite as good. But it's when still they brought okay. back, they brought back the animated series because it had been like dead for yeah. like three, four years. Uh-huh. And then they were like, hey, we started the Superman cartoon. Let's tag him up. Yeah, tag Batman in. Like, that's what this is. It's like, man, that Batman animated series. I own the first three seasons on DVD. Like, when I'm in a bad mood after reading Mr. Miracle, let's say, I pop those in. I don't know. I feel a little bit better. I do. Pop culture. It's a great panaceum. Chris, what did you think about this book? I didn't read it. Oh. You should. Yeah, remember no. that? You remember uh, the animated series I, in the I, fourth I hope, season? I, I do. I hope Comixology's not listening to this episode. Um, we we all share Comixology profiles. And then when I logged into Pulse, like, this didn't show on the recently like purchased books uh i made sure i downloaded the rest of the mighty thor stuff they haven't kept up on but i didn't see this one listed so i i didn't read it what did you think Uh, of x-men blue number uh number eight uh is that the one with emma frost on the cover i downloaded it haven't read it yet but i'm looking forward to reading because i really enjoyed uh x-men blue number one we know you're but yeah i um Based off of the review, I, I look forward to reading this first issue. Don't feel the need to read the next four. Hey, you know what I really liked, guys? What? Rogue One. Yeah, that was a great movie. Hey, I watched that in my, my backyard. You know, you know what I really didn't like? What? Cassian and... Uh, Cassian in K2SO, Rogue One, number one. Special. Whoa, really? Didn't okay, because that's, that's my book. You, 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 I picked up uh, Star Wars Rogue One, Cassie and K2SO Annual 2017. Uh, <laughs> written written by Dwayne Sorinsky, art by Fernando Blanco. Uh, and this is the, the initial first meeting between Cassie and Andor and reprogrammed Imperial Droid K2SO. I, I don't have a lot to say about the setup because it's literally just them. And well, by them, I mean Cassian landing on a planet with two other rebels who communicate through scent, uh, trying to find some Imperial stuff, and then they... Whoa! Holy shit. Oh, cats causing shit. That was a cat. Um, okay, if you're communicating through just pheromones and scent, you're not getting those big ideas across. I'm sorry. You might be getting complex emotional like ideas across, like fear, anxiety, but like trying to string together a whole conversation about I don't know quantum physics probably really difficult. And also, well, this, this very this is very much just like the book that's telling the meeting between Cassian and K two where. It's Cassian trying to reprogram K2 to get what they need. Mm-hmm. And do you need to read it? No, but it's a book that they published, and it does kind of add more depth into that current universe, where I didn't mind reading it. Did I need to read it? No. But I don't regret spending like 
the four bucks for this book at all. It was more metachlorians than meta good. I I would agree. Like, does it does it lead more to them? Um, and I'd then, rather have more imagination uh, about them meeting together than and how, having this and how story. we got it. Yeah, and and uh, my favorite. I, uh, okay. I, I read this, and I was kind of reminded of the Lando Calrissian book, where it was like, oh, this is a rogue doing rogue things. The Lando book, I think, is a better story. Right. I really appreciated like that entire um, miniseries. As a one-shot, just kind of as a lead-up to, I, I didn't mind this. I, I liked it if this was the first part of the ongoing or going on for four or five months of Cassian and K2, I, I'd be interested. Like, I I didn't mind this. It's got those kind of beats that you want from Cassian and K2 being that, like, no, I'm an Imperial droid, but I'm going to do this, and I don't know why I'm doing this, but, hey, here's here's where we are. Let, let me tell you the prognosis of this working. I just like these characters so much from Rogue One that maybe that kind of bled over and influenced a lot of my uh, my thoughts on this book. But see, I, I I didn't mind it. It's not my favorite. It's not my least favorite. But I liked I liked Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I liked these two characters. And the thing about um, Cassian is he seemed like more of a person who had a plan. Yeah. It had something going on, and this really shows him as a blunderer. And then it has my favorite thing of, and I'm quoting here, it seemed so simple just a few hours ago. And then you flash back before they capture K2SO, which is like, why did you even have to show that and then show it again when he's reprogramming him? Right. It doesn't make sense. The cold them. open. It It's... It's stupid. Star Wars it, doesn't have cold opens. If it just had them flying there and getting there and then reprogramming them to try to save the day and then it being a mismanage trying to reprogram Buster. a robot to save the day and I'm still having problems with it, it felt mm-hmm. – it would feel better than just that cold open, as you said. Like the first page doesn't need to be there. Yeah. And also Cassian and I, in the movie seems like, oh, he's the – top like guy he's the guy he's that capable. will get shipped on and this one is like no he blunders his way through it he yeah. stumbles until he succeeds and then with all the stormtroopers it's like there's a ton of stormtroopers on this page and then like oh no i guess it's not that big of a deal now yeah and then you know it's a total big deal and then I it's like oh it I'm, K- I'm k2so i'm carrying these people away all the shots just seem to be ricocheting off of me and not well, the two bodies I'm carrying in my arms. Because the, I'm one with the force. The force oh, is the with force. Me. The force is with the robot? Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what we're saying about this book, I guess. Is uh, that the book doesn't have the force with it? The book, I kept having to remind myself I need to read it. I need to read K2SO in, uh, in Wash's voice. And when I did, (laughs) Alan Tudyk, thank you. I couldn't come up with it. I've had a lot to drink. Uh, When I would do that, I would enjoy the K2 more than when I was just reading it. And I was like, no, I need to read this in Alan Tudyk's voice. 
and I feel like in a way they got that because it's very just straightforward and robot and nope, nope. Oh, I need to kill you because you are the wrong thing in my mainframe. Boom, you got to do this. But I didn't feel like they captured Cassian's voice in this. And you could you could say, oh, this is Cassian before he became Cassian, but this isn't. This is Captain Cassian. This is the guy who is the rebel spy who's supposed to be able to get through this, who gets him through, you know, hey, I got you from A to B. B was tampered, so I'm going to skip to C, but he isn't. He's that guy that's like, oh, jeez, oh, we really got a big mess here. Mm, let's just kind of feel our way through it. Okay, I I read this more as like he's he's a rebel, like he's doing his best, but now K2's basically the brains of that ops or, uh, op- operation. And the, the reason he got as far as he did is because of K2SO. I, yeah, I, 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 and yes, that is true, but that isn't the thing. He he should be equal parts brain to K2. Because K2 in Rogue One isn't presented as the one who is the leader. Cassian is presented mm-hmm. as the leader. K2 is listening to Cassian because he's the man with the plan. He's the man, even if the plan goes wrong, he has the plan. He's going to get us out of this. And I feel like this book didn't capture that. It didn't it didn't capture the feeling that I had walking away from Star Wars Episode 7 and then reading the Poe Dameron book. And I felt, man, they captured Poe Dameron's voice in that. I feel like they didn't capture they didn't capture Cassian's voice in this. And then I also, like, I started reading it, and then I scrolled back to see who was on the writer and artist, and then I went, are they, they dark-horsing me on this? Are they just giving me, yeah. like, a basic artist and a basic writer on a book that I should be going, oh, Cassian and, and, K2SO. and K2SO. Ooh, I can't wait for this to come out and trade. And I don't want to read anything more written by this writer and artist. This is a one-shot, right, Chris? Well, maybe... What, sorry, what? This is a one-shot? Yes, it's, it uh, was the, uh, the annual. Okay. Man, I'm okay yeah, with I, I it. I went into this reading as like, oh, I'm going to see the first meeting of Cassian and K2. Like, yeah. I didn't go into this as being like, oh, no, this is like the continuing Star Wars ongoing or like the Darth Vader ongoing. Like, I just... I wasn't expecting to see Cassian and K2 like being like, hey, let's go do rebel shit together. <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of what I got. Yeah, it's kind of what we got, but not exactly. That's how I kind of feel. I'm in between both you and John, I think. Um, uh, I'm I, glad I, it's I, a one-shot, because I don't yeah. think I'd want to read any more of this. Because... I, I would say, if anything, the Lando... Um, miniseries is the same kind of book but does it better and I don't mm-hmm. I feel oh. bad I don't remember who wrote Lando but the Lando story is great where like they steal the ship that's got the like Jedi artifacts that were destined for Emperor Palpatine on it and then there's like oh fuck we got this shit mm-hmm. uh, the Lando book's better but I, I don't mind having 
read this book because now I can be like, oh, I'm like, now I know the story because Star Wars. I like Star Wars. Yeah. I want to know more about it. But with characters like Lando and Han, who definitely, like, they basically trade uh, spaceships on poker hands, like, them, like, just kind of stumbling upon things is okay. It, there, Where Cassian seems like, no, he's a higher level op, operational specialist for the Rebellion. Like, there's a reason why you would send him to do this. Like, no, there's a freaking Death Star that might be happening. We're going to send this guy out to stop that from happening. Well, just even the fact that, like, in that first, the first instance that you meet Cassian in Rogue mm-hmm. One... You know he's he kills the guy. He's talking to the guy. He's talking. To, he's mm-hmm. getting the information, and then he shoots those stormtroopers. That troopers. dude seemed like he would sing though. He shoots those stormtroopers, and then he gets tries to get the rest of the information, then kills him, and then, like, like, and then the devil tells you that he's not there. Like he just escapes, and yeah. he's away from those people, and he's like, boom! I'm the coolest shit ever. Oh, what's that? I got a badass robot too. Mm-hmm. Like. He needs to be... Please the co- calm down. You're being rescued. He's the coolest shit ever, and he's got a badass... Yeah. He's got a badass robot with him. He is not... So can can you not look at this book as, like, the lead-up to that? No, because he should... It, it, okay. He should have a little bit more to have himself. A li- yeah, he should have a little bit... And, like, they try that in, like, hey, I got us through this thing. Oh, wait, I looked at this video, and those guys are breaking in now. Oops. I didn't want to read the level one version of Cassian when obviously it should be like the level right beneath when we meet him in the movie. But here's the thing. Like, it seems like he has a lot of growth to do. Here's the thing is like level one Cassian doesn't get the robot. He gets the robot after he beats the game. And then he's like, Oh, yeah. I'm the badass dude. I beat the game. No, now you have your pistol. And I now have this badass robot. Like, that's how I see this character. And this, this doesn't fit into what was presented to me in Rogue One. Yeah, it's a Metachlorian. Yeah, it just... Of, it, of a book. If this was him without the scraggly beard, with him being a little younger, without him saying, like, I'm Captain mm-hmm. Cassian. If this was sergeant cassian private then i would be like oh yeah if this was him on his first if this was a mission where the rebellion sent him being like yeah let's try to get some imperial information and everybody's like shit he gonna die like it's like just an obvious suicide mission and he gets away with it and the robot Boom! That's that's a better that's a better story, yeah. hands down, than what we got in this book. Because it seems like three days before we meet him in the movie. That's that's the only thing. Like if you puts a little bit more distance between this story and the mo- and Rogue One, I think I'm better off with him. Because he said he was fighting the Imperials since he was eight. Yeah. Like if this is a ten year old doing this shit, I'd be like. Oh shit, this guy's the best! If this is a guy with a really bad teenage mustache doing this, I'm cool versus the guy with the scraggly beard. I'm fine with it. How about you, Chris? Chris, you've been more apologetic for this story than we have. I I have. I I feel like I'm defending this book. Um, 
It's not great, but it's it's not bad. Like I, yeah, no. I like getting another look at these characters that I was introduced to and loved, and then ultimately lost in Rogue One. Like yeah. reading this book made me want to like go back to my shelf and be like, oh, I want to watch Rogue One again because I I care. Like these are characters that I didn't grow up with. Like this isn't Luke Han and Leia. Like I didn't come into like this book being like. Wow, I have like a long thirty years of like knowing and loving this character. Like this is a character that popped up last year, and I was like, "Oh man, like yeah, he dead, the robot dead." Uh, I I feel like this is out of what we've gotten from Marvel's Star Wars books. Next to that droid, okay, okay. Think, thinking about we read droids. Yeah. I, no, no, here, here, here it is. I like George having, this. having having read having read probably about what like eighty yeah. percent of of these books for lookbacks. I, I wouldn't even say eighty percent because like we read a lot of the opening, but then we didn't keep up on it. We like, didn't read we didn't read Doctor yeah. Omega and we didn't read Chewbacca. Doctor Afra. 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 And, and Chewbacca. We're talking about the opening, the, well, the number one. The ones. openings. We we read almost all the number okay. ones. Yeah, I, I think we've read actually like. All of the first uh, issues, that except for Doctor uh, Afra, Afra, and and Chewbacca. Chewbacca. We didn't do mm-hmm. that. But no, we were, I thought we read Chewbacca. No, no. You were supposed to pick oh, it up, and you never did, and we didn't say anything about I, it. I did though. I, maybe we just didn't read it. I think you bought it after That's the a trade thing. in policy, Chris. Good on you. It, hey, it wasn't great. Hey, I picked up Lando in a trade in policy. We can read that sometime. Lando is fantastic, though. Did you read the trade? Oh yeah. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't yet, and I bought it. Uh, I haven't read it. I haven't been. I haven't Lando's been. Lando's better than right. this. I haven't been quote unquote forced to do it. But I have to say, out of everything that we have read, and then gone back and even looked back upon, mm-hmm. this is number two the worst. The worst being the droids book because the droids book really bent Chris over and and, and fucked him in the ass. <laughs> For a surprise, yes. This you got Marcello's Wallace with that book. <laughs> This book, uh, this book I, I, is. I didn't feel that way about this one, though. I, I, I and this one, this one bought me dinner first. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. This one, this one eased you into things, and before you knew it, you went, "Oh, I, okay, just, just the tip. Okay, we can do that," because it is, it is those things that you're looking for out of these characters, but it isn't exactly, I guess, what you want, and that's the thing is like. When you deliver these books, you want to hand the readers and the fans these characters on a silver platter and say, hey, this. And even like that Lando book is, hey, I'm going to – lady who's the lieutenant of this army, I'm going to fuck you. And I'm going to steal this thing. But I'm going to feel bad about it because I'm Lando. Look at my grin. Billy D. Williams. And then I'm going to – sail away on a spaceship and oops I'm on the wrong ship I got a bunch of stuff back here I'm a scallywag like that delivered in the Lando voice and what you expect out of Lando I'm Billy D who sleep with me (laughs) exactly this did not deliver in what you're expected out of the badass character that is delivered and who's searching for redemption who kisses the girl on the beach before he dies 
character. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is not the best showing of that character, and I think that's what I'm walking away from. Is it's not even like because he's not bad enough where it's like, oh, that character that shoots somebody in the alleyway, where you're like, oh shit, this guy needs to be redeemed. It's just like okay. guy I, that's bumbling. Yeah, he's an idiot. There's no, there's no real time frame given for this book. I read this as the lead up to that character. Like, right. this, this is him on his way into Rogue One. Like, so he's not that guy yet. Right. But, but then again, I don't feel I, that I gained anything from reading this book. No. If this was, I'm sorry, we cut off Chris. I'm uh, sorry. No, no, it's okay. You get, get K2SO being K2SO. Like that's. Uh-huh. I feel like that alone is enough to be like, look. K2 is awesome. It's like, I will arrest you now, and then if you struggle, I will kill you. He's like, and then guessing is like, no, 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 no. Remember, I'm in charge. He's like, oh, right. Well, after I'm done listening to your orders, I'm going to arrest you and or kill you. The, the K2SO is not the problem in this book. Because he's a robot. It's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the Cassian. And I think if it was Cassian as... Definitely, you can see him as a, a a teenager or somebody who's has done stuff for the in the name of the Republic, and then he gets this robot, and this and he's able to turn this robot to be his companion, and then the two of them lead this adventuring life together. I think that's better. If this story was shown as a younger Cassian. And, and, mm-hmm. and just in the fact that he doesn't have the stubbly beard. If he's the clean-shaven one, you can project what you want upon this character and the story that happens upon this and put it in any frame of reference that you want. But the fact is, is this is drawn like it's the character right before Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And this is not the character that's projected in Rogue One. And that's my problem with it. And that's all I have to say. Power ranking? Ooh, power ranking, guys. Power ranking. Go. I'm ready to go. Okay, Paul's ready to go. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm ready to go too. Superman 29, Batman Harley Quinn, New God Special, Cassian, K2SO Special, Mr. Miracle. Wow. Well, come on. Was that a surprise? Yes. Wow, okay. What? Uh, no, because. Because for me, uh, Mr. Miracle, number one. Wow. Superman, 29. Okay. New God Special. Uh-huh. Uh, Star Wars Rogue One Annual. Ooh. And then Batman Harkon, because I didn't read it, because oh. I didn't see it available for download. Okay. Well, I think that would have made closer to the top of your list. Re- ready for some... But, but again, I, I do want to say before you go, John, like, again, like, when I read this book, I was like, man, I see to read the rest of the Star Wars books that I haven't read yet. See, it didn't make me want to read any of the other Star Wars books, because I'm like, this is the freaking Metachlorian, like, over-explaining characters that have, that are already badass, and you're making them less badass. Like, yeah. Just let okay, me enjoy. Well, when Porg's number one comes out, <laughs> we'll see where you stand. Right, right. Mr. Miracle Porgs number... awesome. Mr. Miracle number one. Head and shoulders, I think... Above anything okay. that yeah. that happened, it's a it's a whether you like it or not, it's it's a solid read. Superman number twenty nine. Okay, 
Batman Harley Quinn. Uh, Cassian K2SO New Gods. You and I aren't that far off. We are completely <laughs> opposite. No, no. no. What was your number two? You and I, we're, I feel like we're not that far off. But Chris and I aren't far, too far off. I don't think any of us are that far off. Uh, what was your number one? My number one was Superman 29. That was and your what, number two. What was your number two? My number two was Batman Harley Quinn. This is my number three. What was your number four? What was my number three was uh, New Gods. My number four was Cassian. My number five was Mr. Miracle. So my number one and your number five are complete yeah. opposites. But everything else was pretty much the same. And, the, and, the, and, and hey, that's what happens. Those center books uh, are easy to read by everybody. Uh, so if you have read these books, and if you have enjoyed these books, or if you have not enjoyed these books, find us over on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've said don't email us at our things because we haven't checked them. <laughs> we haven't checked it. Uh, that shouldn't be a thing. We don't even list that anymore, right? I should stop paying for yeah. it. Is yeah. that what everybody's agreeing? We yeah. should just open up a Gmail I'm account. I'm internet this week, so I'll follow up. <laughs> All right. Let us know. Uh, but find us over on the Facebook. Like, review us, and do whatever you need on whatever listening service you are listening to us on because that's a thing that we say and it helps itunes stitcher soundcloud it it helps catcher it helps but obviously you're not doing it so who cares uh i don't do it to podcasts that i like so it's a thing that nobody does but it helps i've never done it wow i i I have i've rated and reviewed a lot of podcasts i've only done our podcast no one else even the ones that i love and i go back and re-listen to wow never done I'm just a consumer. I, I have nothing to give back. You are the 9 out of 10. I am the 1 out of 10, apparently. Yes, we're awful. Wait, and is we... that from Dune? I feel like that's from Dune. No, no. It's hey, just, can, can just, we talk just, about just, Dune soon? You guys... That movie's awesome. Oh, we're talking about the original one? Yes. The one, the, the movie... We went to go see At Midnight, and yes. I'm like, the sleeper must awaken, and I'm like, nope, the sleeper <laughs> must go, go to sleep. Uh, the Dude, movie... So good. The movie that Here's David... the mind killer, Paul. The movie Here that... Is the mind killer. The movie that David Lynch turned down, uh, episode, uh, Return of the Jedi to, to direct, mm, wasn't a success for him. But, uh, I like it, though. <laughs> There's Sting, and he's floating. His name is Fade. Heather see Dune than Ewoks flying around on speeder bikes in the Californian like forest. Uh, Sandworms, John. But anyways, Sandworms. we understand. Hey, we enjoy it. The people that have uh, rated and review us, we love you, and we've read you guys online. More than any other p- person ever. Even the people who have created fake ones to then rate and review us, because it was awesome and it was funny, we enjoy that as well. But the rest of you that have listened and not done that, shame on you. Yeah, it's if been we've three years. interacted with you, you know we love you. Like, hey, thanks again. We're just three guys. We um, don't get paid to do this. We don't play. We do ad- this for us. We don't play advertisement. We. This is just a reason for us to hang out. And everyone who we drink, we read comic books. That's fucking everything for the show. And we appreciate anyone who has uh, 
has given us a little extra because we're just three three semi. When you say a little bit extra, you mean the beer that people don't use. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and the rates and reviews, Mm -hmm. they've all been great. Hey, I love it every time a friend of the show gives us beer. Even if it isn't that great of a beer. No, because they they know it means something to us. It, It touched my heart. It is. It's a little extra because we're just three guys. Three guys in a room. Two. Rooms. I'm not even in a room. I know. It's sad. Soon. 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 